Okay, I'm number six, and this is the New Prisoners Podcast, and we have not only TNP contributors, Lisa Belanger and Chris Graves, my good friend, John Henry, but we are also joined by Angry Tiger and Jason Barker of Knights of the Storm. So this is an awesome, epic team-up TNP special here, and tonight we're going to be talking about, well, the DIY media. And uh, what the DIY media can do to uh, help bring about change in our culture. And we'll, we're going to talk about maybe the culture as a whole, but then also talk about our culture here inside of media. The, the types of uh, media that channels like The New Prisoners and uh, Knights of the Storm can produce. And what we can all do with your help out there in the community. Uh, so I hope that you all uh, jump in the chat and join us tonight. Jump in the chat pit. And uh, let's get rocking, guys. Uh, well, let's uh, let's hear from uh, our our esteemed guests. Uh, Jason, do you want to introduce yourself first, and we'll go over to Tiger? Uh, yeah, sure. Thanks, Six. Uh, I'm Jason Barker. Y'all know me if you watch Nights of the Storm. I'm a military guy getting ready to retire. I started doing this stuff now that I'm almost out and I can actually speak my mind. And uh, you know, just trying to bring about change and bring the truth out there. And I don't know, do my thing. Awesome, yep. man. And then Tiger, let's, uh, I think our audience hopefully is familiar with you because we uh, did that awesome Tiger's Den uh, thing that you released last night. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, give uh, give everybody uh, an idea of what you're into, man. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? I'm super honored to be on the podcast here with everybody here. Uh, the New Prisoners podcast is, uh, man, uh, auditory gold, right? Thank you. Listen to you guys and it's great. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't think I'd be doing this stuff this time last year i'm not i'm not you know i don't even like being waited on I, i'm not really a big attention guy i'm good at talking with people but i, I don't i don't like attention so it's kind of out of my wheelhouse but it feels right and me and jay started this thing and, and here i sit with you guys you know i'm an auto body guy mechanic you know I, I environmental controls i got a couple small businesses i run but and you know i've been researching all this stuff for many years and i it's great to be here with some like-minded people thanks for having us man well, hey man, that's why we do this. And uh, John Henry has, has said it best in the past by bringing that up. But uh, you know, for us, uh, the reason why we started this podcast is to uh, find other like-minded people out there and to be able to speak with with them. But also, you know, build a community where we can support one another. Because we we started our show in the midst of the uh, mandates coming down, and Jason, I know that you dealt with that intimately. We, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, probably, but, uh, you know, for, for John Henry and I, like being uh, friends for as long as we have, uh, we decided to, you know, jump into this when we felt that we had no other choice. And one of the things about our show is that, you know, we've always strived to want to reach out to others and, and, and sort of, you know, we're, we're, we're nobody from nowhere. Like we're reaching out to other people that are really making an impact out there. And we're making contact with people like our, our great contributors, you know, and we're, we're building friendships with people. It's just something that for me, I, I could just, I could say this personally, and I'm sure that John Henry would back me up on this, but you know, we didn't think that we'd be here either. Like we didn't know where this would go or how far it could go. And then especially being, you know, taken off of uh, YouTube as early as we were like with that, you know, suppressing our reach with being shadow banned on Twitter. We'll probably talk about that a little bit tonight, right? 
um, and and other things, and especially early on with just you know being shadow banned off of Instagram too, uh, where we reached out and found a lot of new friends uh, right off the bat. Uh, it's just it, it seems like it's been an uphill battle, but on that on that hill, we have run into so many great people, including Lisa. Lisa, do you want to say hello to the audience for everybody? Where would I rather be on an awesome Saturday night than with you guys? Thank you, Lisa. No, we're we're so happy to have you. And then uh, Chris Graves, you've been up to some great things this past week. You want to tell the audience, just remind them uh, some of the podcasts you've done this past week? Oh. Uh, Can you even remember how many you did? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you've been busy, my I, friend. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Union of the Unwanted was last week, I think. Uh, tinfoil Hat, Sam Tripoli. Um, I've been here. I've been on the Tigers Den. I was very honored to be invited on there. Uh, oh, heck yeah. Awesome Fox new show Hole. from Angry Tiger. Fox yep. Hole's an awesome show as well. Yes. Um, Jason. It's with Mr. Barker. Mm -hmm. um, and Mr. Ocelli. I've been doing uh, different audio projects with my good friend Chuck Ocelli, who also got to be on Tinfoil Hat this week. So Yeah. And, and uh, on, on our show, side, too. <laughs> you know, everyone's camera is off except mine oh everyone's showing up on my end chris that's that's crazy oh, okay all right okay that's all well. other than that yeah i uh, i am honored to be here with everybody thanks man now uh john henry i mean we've talked about this on the show before right that um our our goal you know in doing the show it wasn't to um wasn't to get famous it's definitely not to make any money but we're doing this to affect some sort of change on our culture because we saw what was happening, especially during the mandates, but, you know, continued afterwards. Um, I don't know. What do you think about where we're at right now in the DIY community? Well, you know, a couple things. One, it, you just, you made a statement in that opening and um, it, you said we're nobody from nowhere. And I think in our conversations having with each other, when we made that determination that, you know, uh, us bouncing these ideas and having these discussions, with just each other isn't enough. Really what's key is to me, what this is all about for all of us is as individuals, we're nobody from nowhere, but as a community, we're us from everywhere. Yeah. And I think that's that dynamic shift. That's so incredibly important. And really what drives me and drives us is, you know, we've been so fortunate through these conversations, connecting with such great people. Um, and, and it's amazing to kind of look back at, you know, it's over a year now that we've been doing this and, and the amount of great guests that we've had on the show. And, and even for us to get to a point to have the opportunity to have this conversation is incredible. Um, you know, and, and it gives us a voice, not, not me as an individual, not you, not Lisa or Jason or Tiger or Chris, but us collectively. And that's really what's most important in this world right now. Because when you look at, you know, I, I, I say it so much, man, it's, you know, it's a battle versus good and evil. You know, you see things like the news report that came out today that the satanic temple is going to start doing uh, ritualistic abortions to kind of skirt the uh, the laws after Roe v. Wade is overturned. Um, I mean, that's that's an extreme, right? So for us, you know, our only hope to salvage, uh, you know, our beliefs and, and really our culture, it is for us to combine efforts and to collectively become one. And, and I think the beautiful thing about our community that we have found is, you know, sometimes there are specifics that we might disagree on, 
But when you look at kind of that overarching idea of, of what we stand for, that's been the absolute most incredible thing for me anyway. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, next step is I just want to figure out how I can get one of those banners. Like they fly behind the planes at the beach that say like, all you can eat buffet 1099. I want one of those on these Chinese balloons for the new prisoners and the Knights the, uh, of the storm podcast. So we, we got to start working on that. It's time to, uh, to progress in, in our methodology and mindset. I mean, uh, adventures in advertising. Uh, I'm down you with it. I have a skywriter personally for digging Chris Graves. Oh yes, I with, like it with with only the finest of uh, chemtrail ingredients to add to that, right? <laughs> oh, nothing less, nothing more, or maybe more. I don't know. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's um what I'm most proud of, and and I get most excited about just every day in our conversations, and and even the groups that we're in online, just you know, sharing information and news and opinions with each other, man, is. It's um, it was so critical, and I've said this so many times on the show. It's it's just so important to become part of a community and have a purpose, whether that's uh, training as an athlete or martial artist, or maybe being a musician, or you know maybe a local church or participating in local politics. And you know this is such a novel way for us to gather that um that is genuinely fulfilling, man. And and I just love having like-minded people, especially like the amazing team that we have for, for tonight's show and, and for this conversation that just test me a little bit, right? Teach me something um, because I get so much as an individual out of our community where on the other side, our effort is always to help others and, and really um, and, and let people know that they're not alone, right? They're not nobody from nowhere, that, um, that you have a community here that has your back and, uh, and it's nothing but love and support. And, uh, and there's that challenge, you know, and, and it drives me because, you know, having the opportunity to have conversations like this one, I always leave these conversations asking myself, what more can I do now? Right. Because you see people that are so driven and doing their part and taking their time away from their personal lives and their families, uh, you know, to, to do these types of things, man. And it just, uh, it drives me and just motivates the hell out of me. And, and for me, I'm just so incredibly grateful to be a part of such an amazing thing. And, uh, you know, as we grow more and more and more, you know, we're becoming that juggernaut that we have to be, that we have to be to, to stand for what we believe in. So, um, man, it's just, it's all the right stuff. And, and I absolutely am just, uh, in love with what we're able to do and accomplish and the ideas we're able to share. Well, those ideas are larger than us. I mean, that's kind of the, the thing that brings it all together, right? We, we come from more, uh, I guess, like you could say, the philosophy here at the new prisoners and uh, what I've noticed of the Knights of the storm is, you know, a a Liberty based or individualist, you know, type of philosophy, but it also, you know, can connect people in a collective way. Like, and that's something that's not easy to do. Like when you have an idea or a need for something that's so great that you can bring normal individuals, just like our friend angry mentioned, you know, before that he's just not looking for, you know, a lot of attention, but when you feel compelled to do something, my friend, you know, and and I'm sure you guys felt that, which is what made you all sort of connect over the, the, the David Knight show in in the chat and just become friends and decide to jump into this. And that's actually a pretty awesome story. Would, would either of you like to give uh, our audience sort of the cliff notes on that story real quick, just so they know. Jay, go, go ahead and tell the story. You've made me tell it all the time. Now it's your turn. Great. Oh, first I'm going to say that, um, in my personal opinion, 
because I wasn't looking to do this. I thought it might be cool to do my own show. You know, I talked to Tony about it when I was dealing with him to roll over my 401k. And, um, you know, he did a show. I said, that's kind of cool what you're doing. And he's like, you should do it, man. And I was like, okay, I'll do that when I get out. You know, I guess spare time or whatever. But what I'm finding really, really cool is that um, we, we did this little thing. Then you're doing your thing. You got uh, America Unplugged doing their thing. It seems like there's something overall, and you know, I'll leave it to you to decide what that is because I know what it is for me. There's something overall that's calling a lot of us out of everyday normal things to step up and do something to get us out of our comfort zone, right? Yeah. And um, it just seems like we all have something telling us to move in a particular direction, almost like there's a general or something, you know, that's kind of like leading a charge. And, and the people who are in tune that aren't dumbed down in society are actually hearing that and, and this situations in their life are kind of like leading in that, in that direction. Uh, but how we started, to answer your question, how we started was we were sitting in the David Knight chat and once the show was over, it'd be an hour or two hours later, we're still in the chat and the chat will stay going as long as you keep the window open, right? And I was like, why don't we just do this offline, you know? I want start up something, a Skype call or something. And then I, then when Tony told me about the software stream yard and stuff, so we just did it. That's basically the nuts and bolts of it right there, brother. Yeah. And then that's the thing. Like when you feel compelled to do something and it brings people together, like, it, like you said, whatever, whatever that calling may be, like the fact that it connected you all and that we're all sitting here talking, having this conversation, like it's just something that I wanted to throw out to everybody sort of listening to the audience and everyone that listens uh, to these replays is that, you know, you yourself can get involved in these things. Like if, if I can figure out how to you know, work, work a OBS studio or something like that and brave talk um, and put that stuff together and do silly little thumbnails and, you know, write descriptions of videos like you can too. And, but we can also, we can help teach the audience how to do those things. Like I, I want to do tutorial videos um, of how I do this show, because I think it's important that other people like us get involved in this community like and start making content because there's all different, different facets of just things that I would never have grasped. Like I, I never would have looked at uh, say the, the criminal justice system the same way had I had not met Lisa Blanchard. Like I, there's no way in a million years I would have ever been able to gather that much experience with that kind of stuff that fast than just being able to tap into that resource by having a relationship with her. So having people like that in your community is going to strengthen you because there's going to be angles to this that you're not going to understand right away. And just the time that it takes to gather that much information. Like we had a, a great off-air conversation before about uh, survivalism. And just how to do that. Like, it's better if you have a good teacher. You know, it's better that if you have somebody that's good at a specific skill, like angry, like if you could teach people how to forage, like maybe that's your particular skill that you're meant to pass on. And there's something about what we do here too that's even more beautiful is that we record this. You know, we put it out there for posterity. It's for history now. And other people are going to be able to see this stuff, maybe even generations from now, and know what was happening during our time. Like there's something very important to that. Now, what we do in this meantime to help preserve that too is, is tremendously important because that window is closing. Like we've all experienced the, the censorship 
and like the crackdown on our, our ability to communicate with one another and reach others. But when we have the opportunity to do stuff like this, like we have an opportunity to preserve this, to provide it to generations after us. And I, that's why I think it's, it's cool that we get to talk together because other people that get involved in this, think about all the unknowables, all the other things that we could have never imagined. Like Chris comes up with <laughs> amazing references all the time. <laughs> hey guys, you can attest to that, right? Chris comes up with amazing references all the time. Really? Dude, I never in yeah. a million years <laughs> would have came up with any of that stuff. Like and and, and usually in the past we would be like, shut up and watch the movie. Well, <laughs> well, and, that, and that's the thing too. Like now that you can reference stuff like that and we can put it up on Substack. And I know that Jason and Angry, you guys just got involved in Substack. If you want to tell the audience about what you're doing there on Substack too, because I think that's another platform that for now at least is allowing us to to speak freely and share this kind of information. And both brilliant writers, let me say. Oh, it's coming together, dude. Really? Your satirical piece, Jason, I, I was yeah. laughing, man. It was good. It was good. <laughs> I mean, you guys really, really, had, I mean, so impressive. So. Oh, thank you, Lisa. You know, um, the, the Substack, my, mine's uh, uh, Angry Tigers newsletter. You know, if you go to Substack, put that in the search bar and bang, it'll pop up. But, um, you know, I, I like Substack. And, you, you know, I want to comment something really quick on what John Henry was saying to his point about, you know, after I got in this, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. You know, I don't want to be online. I don't want everybody to see my face. And I had, you know, I, I had, I pray, you know, so I prayed about it, you know, and I said, that, you know, I'm opening my mind, just fill it, right? And boom, it, it was filled. Like John Henry said, the first thing I thought about was the people in our community who feel ostracized from society. They're alone. I mean, we use terms like normies and stuff, which, yeah, I mean, it's cool and, and funny in that. And, and it's a way to describe people who don't think the way we do. But but it's it's also kind of a lonely term, right? Yeah. You know, if you really think about that term, there's we cut ourselves off from society. Sometimes, sometimes we don't. But I think a lot of people do because it's like, look, all the sheeple, you know, they're not thinking like we are. But so the first thing I thought about was the people in our community who are lonely, you know, and I feel it. I could see it in the chat when I'm chatting with people, when I talk to people, you know, there, there's a loneliness that I think all of us have because we have this knowledge, you know, this this extra knowledge that we all took the time to find out. But like John Henry said, another thing was community. I, I think that there's something going on. And it, it, like Jay said, I, I call, it's a spirit. Okay. Call it what kind of spirit you want. I call it Holy Spirit. You know, that's the way I think. But there's a spirit in general, right? And it's moving everybody. And I noticed the alt media getting uh, permeated with more, you know, mainstream propaganda, more all kinds of psyops going on. You can't, you don't know who's who anymore. Controlled opposition, man. Yep. Yep. And now all of a sudden, like your guys' podcast, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about Knights of the Storm or the New Prisoner podcast, but for the short time that you guys have been around, your numbers are very good. If you look at how most podcasts start out with ground zero, you guys had nothing. I don't know if you guys knew anybody. We got lucky. And we're, you know, because we were in the David Knight chat and we just happened to get lucky. And I think, you know, some people liked what we did and they just shared it and that helped us out. But the acceleration that your not only your program, 
Chris's and ours, and I'm watching guard and I'm watching all these guys that are just kind of up and comers and they're exploding. And there's a reason for that because the, 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 the media, the alt media is, is turning into the main media and back to John Henry's point, we need to seize on this and, and get a community going because you know if we I, do that, you know what I think the key it. though is I think what we bring to the table, all of us, the, the underlying thread is we're authentic. I mean, seriously, there is no, I mean, we're not pretentious. I mean, we're not trying to necessarily be influencers in the sense of what you normally see in Twitterverse and so forth. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, whatever you call it about karma and so forth. I mean, that's that's where the synergy comes into it because we really what you see is what you get with each of us. There's no, you know. Oh, because there's nothing else there to drive it. Like it, when you talk about, say, controlled opposition or even just like people being corrupted, right? That, you know, there there are folks out there that are driven, and we talked about this on uh, the Tiger's Den uh, show that was uh, released last night, so check that out. But we talked about Alex Jones, and we talked about Alex Jones and, and just uh, sensationalism and what that does. Like, it would be easy for any of us to come out here and wail and make all sorts of insane claims and jump on the latest bandwagon whenever it came to whatever type of rumors that were going around politically at the time. The toads are transsexual. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly. But, uh, and well, wait, wait. <laughs> we have to make a disclaimer here. Sex, you know what the judges say about me, right? <laughs> Some of the best words. What did they say? <laughs> I have to think of the terms that, that, uh, um, a real go-getter. Salacious, salacious things I've said in court. Oh, you yes. know what you just said. <laughs> I think salacious is very appropriate for you, Lisa. <laughs> very appropriate. Yes. Really? But all but always <laughs> my love about you. Really? Salacious. But always always like like scalpel like precision with it though, right, John Henry? Like if she if she levies that that on someone, like she is right on oh yeah on. yeah after she initiates her angry outburst yes. she's like mother and then she has something that's amazing always backed up with her. evidence though always backed up with through, evidence Lisa. what i love about you heck yeah no i mean well that's that's really what makes it um right is because anybody can demonstrate can do stuff without demonstrating it um it's very difficult um for people in the mainstream media to even have the format, time, or whatever else is going on backstage, right? To to really release this type of information and have these types of conversations, uh, particularly over the past several years, due to the crackdowns of censorship on in, in mass media and everything that's been going on. So we have, um, you know, we have something where we can provide something that the mainstream media cannot. They they can't approach you. From an earnest position, <laughs> would that be would that be the truth? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You know, and and really like that that, that that's quite undervalued these days, right? Um, that right now that it, can't if, handle the truth. Well, yeah, but right now, like uh, I don't want to really necessarily name any names because I don't have a trillion dollars either. But um, you know, for people out there that say sensationalized stuff around the vaccine, right? 
like people out there that are just, you know, jumping up and down and claiming all sorts of things without really demonstrating them. Like this show, like no we've snake been, venom in the water six. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like we've never, we've never done that. At least to my knowledge here on the show. Now I read something today though. Shout out to our friend guard Goldsmith um, who cross posted something on Substack, which is becoming a very important tool uh, to communicate with each other. Um, that he posted this thing up from this uh, person that's in R&D, in biologics, you know, pharmaceuticals and stuff, and said that uh, what is going on with Project Veritas right now is something where they're missing the point. And I've heard that opinion now being expressed by George Webb and a bunch of other people about what they're missing here. And, and, not, up- and not so necessarily uh, in a... Um- like a uh, dumb sort of way. I mean, perhaps it seems to me purposeful. I mean, let's go, uh, let's follow the money, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that um, whenever she mentioned in the article that I'd read, folks, and if uh, you want to check out Guard Goldsmith on Substack, you could find that post. Um, What what it went over is how these uh, sort of mutant strains are not a real thing. That it's just a part of a sort of plot, uh, I guess you could say, by the military-industrial complex to sell a lot of vaccines really fast. Because when you have these boogeymen out there, just like terrorism and other things, when you have those boogeymen that you rather create or make people believe that that are real, um, that you can can sell a lot of vaccines, you know, preempting the next big wave. Well, and I remember last time it was the. Terrorists are in cells on every block in America. Remember? Well, they even used anthrax during all that, course. right? They used anthrax, anthrax during all that to get the anthrax vaccine out there. I mean, this well, is... Now I'm getting angry. Yeah. Well, well, well yeah. I mean, to your point, though, there was an expiration date, right? Which was going to cause some hesitancy. Because if you think about it, um, as th- how many people came out and said, uh, you will not contract the virus. You cannot spread the virus if you're vaccinated. Well, it was only a matter of a short period of time before everybody knew that wasn't true. It was just inevitably going to happen. So I think to your point, yeah, they, they have to they have to create a boogeyman. And it has to be new strains of it to really try to continue to push people down that, that road uh, to get boosted, boosted, boosted. Because otherwise, when they have the realization, like, well, I took that thing. I really felt like crap for a couple of days afterwards, and inevitably I got COVID forty-five days later, whatever the time frame may be. Um, that, yeah, I mean the, the the financial piece of it, right? And that's one thing from the Project Veritas videos was when they talked about that part about how it's uh, what they call it a cash cow, right? So that was the verbiage they used, and of course, and they want to continue to get that revenue in there. And how are they going to do that? It, it's you know, fear is the most powerful thing in the world. It's beyond firearms or weapons or nuclear weapons. It's all about fear. And um, and that's what it all comes down to, man. It's just it's a fear-driven thing to motivate people to continue to do this and spend the money on it. And then you see, you know, now there's a lot of conversations and, and you see a lot of information out there about how much they're going to increase the price on these things. And it's just they're they're just people, they're drying people out like a damn earthworm on a sidewalk on a sunny day. And think about this, uh, uh, you know, vaccine boy agenda, or was it vaccine immunization, immunization agenda, 2030 vaccine uh, boy, two time college dropout, Bill Gates, right? 
You know him, you love him. Everybody wants to be him, right? He's on camera saying that we're that he's got a forty time return on his investment with vaccines, right? And he's he is in this thing in, up to his neck into the vaccine thing. So yeah, to John Henry's point, um, this was a cash cow for them, and you know that. And even though that people aren't taking the vaccines, they still they're not returning the money. You know, I don't know if you saw the article, but there's a, a some countries that are like, okay, we know we wanted these uh, vaccines, we paid them for uh, paid you for them, we don't want them now. Guess what? Okay, you're not getting the vaccine, but you're not getting your money back either. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. No yep. returns, <laughs> no returns, folks. Quick point on this. All styles final. Yep. Yep. On, on guards article there, them them saying you know that they're they're the mutations aren't. aren't it's not they use the word mutation right so when a when a virus gets out in nature okay this is in nature what happens is as it runs its course through a host population it doesn't it doesn't really mutate per se i guess it mutates in the sense that it gets it keeps getting weaker it doesn't get stronger unless exactly right it's an oddity it's an it's an oddity for it to get stronger unless it gets into a lab and someone makes it attainable or maybe you know it gets into a host and it's able to recuperate itself a little bit but as far as calling it a mutation it's again i always tell people words are important right and the way that people use words are important and the way that people understand words are important and it's uh the way they have everything is is so convoluted and it's you know i'm dubious that the american public will ever catch on to this word game that's constantly played in through the courts, through the media and everything else. You know what I noticed too, though, how they've been so successful at getting everybody's attention on gates, right? Everybody views it as gates, gates, like, like they have done a brilliant job, I guess, of painting. Like he's the, you know, he's the poster boy that he's the enemy, right? When he's really a straw man and people aren't realizing that there's a complex behind him. There's an industrial complex. It's that, you know, who's behind that curtain? Um, Well, Well, when you got Agenda 21, that was the exercise, I believe, a couple months before uh, China broke out, right? Or right around the time. Remember that Gates was a part of? Well, in that exercise, they had a character like a Fauci or a Gates-like character that would be the sacrificial lamb in the public's eye that would be taken down. So is it going to be him? I mean, Fauci's already on his way out anyway. So is it going to be Gates eventually? So, that they- uh, I bring up Gates, not because he's a straw man. Gates is in everything. He is the largest owner. Purposefully of so though. Purposefully they're doing that. Well, they're of course. Him- and he's like the, the useless guy fried. They're freed. Um, he was useful for a very short period of time to demonize crypto. Right. Even though crypto had nothing to do with it, it had to do with uh, mismanagement of funds. Uh, but they, they blame it on crypto and Gates will go down the same way. But he is involved in everything. If you look at all these war games, these germ games, what was the latest one? Catastrophic Contagion. Um, two of the people involved in that planning worked for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, they, they send a, a person that you can't trace it directly back to Bill, but you could trace it through either. Microsoft or through uh, the Gates Foundation to him. It's it's with all the germ games. It's with everything you see. Um, the who, I, the World Economic Forum, everything comes back. Gates I would even say, who's given the directive that Bill Gates buy up all the farmland? Yes, the food supply. Yeah. And that's well. a good question. I mean, how far up the pyramid do you want to go? Because I would say at the very, very tip top, 
little eye above the tip of the pyramid is going to be Satan. That's just my opinion. Agreed. Well, I mean, and right underneath the banks, of course. <laughs> Angry Tiger, you could probably <laughs> chime in. The head of the snake, pearl, and stare into its pearly fang, fangs divine and be seduced by the head of the snake. They are the producer of all everything. That's the problem. These Leviathan governments can't run without the, the federal, the central banks feeding them. Yes. And, and it's a, right now, you know what? It's like the balloon, the balloon, the Bill Gates. In my, in my mind, Bill Gates is, is a useful tool. I mean, I've he watched... has two balloons under those sweaters. These are tools. Deflated balloons, yes. for swipe's sakes. I mean, I mean, cows look better oh, than that. <laughs> maybe if he shut his mouth, maybe we'd have less methane as well. Oh, truth. Yeah, for sure. But, but maybe Chris Graves can attest to this. Maybe you guys can, too. When I watch these people do something, whether it's a, a natural event or a false flag, they don't, just don't use it for one purpose. They use it for several purposes, right? I hear okay. a lot of people and Bill Gates to, to the effect he's an untouchable boogeyman. Right. Half the country loves them. The other country, half the country hates them, you know, and the other half that hates them. Most of them don't know why they hate them. They just hate them because they're on team Trump or they're on team Republican and they hate him. Right. So he's an untouchable boogeyman. But all he's doing all this stuff, just like the balloon. I, I've heard Tony Arterburn's, uh, you know, ideas on it. David Knight's. I've heard Jason Barker's. I've heard Chris's. You know, I've heard some of what your guys' ideas are. And you know what? It could be one. It could be three. It could be all. Because these people, you know, they use multi-pronged attacks, you know, and they're all funded by the bankers. Hey, on that note, can I share my opinion? Yes, please. I haven't shared this yet with anybody. Oh. Is it just one opinion? <clears throat> just on the balloon. Oh, yeah, it's free. Let's hear it on the balloon. And, I, and, and if, this, if I'm just repeating what somebody else has said, I haven't heard everybody's thoughts that you just shared, Tiger. So um, one of the terrifying threats that always exists for us is a potential of an EMP attack, electromagnetic pulse. Now, if you read up on that stuff, the most efficient nice. way to do that is a mid elevation, small nuclear attack. And that'll, that'll drop the whole entire grid. So when you think about this balloon traverse the entire continental United States, it's at the appropriate height where it could in fact do that to me, if it was, Chinese, what we don't know what the fuck that balloon is realistically, but that's my biggest concern out of it. When I looked at that, as I go, oh, they're not, they're not mining data, they're doing a test run because it's that low elevation, small nuclear attack that's not an actual nuclear blast like a bomb going off, but that's what'll spread and that pulse will destroy the whole entire fucking power grid. And uh, John Henry, that is that is a very good observation. I didn't think about that. But um, I, I've read something on this that uh, a super MP, EMP, which is just the super of the supers, whatever, well, the capabilities they have now, if they were to detonate uh, an EMP at the right altitude over the right spot in the U.S., it actually takes out the entirety of the continental United States. It mm -hmm. takes out Canada and half of Mexico. So that, that's all. And, and if people don't understand how serious that is, if a major substation goes down right now, we don't have... The, the parts on hand, the copper, the wire, we don't have the, the transformers built to replace that for quite some time. They don't have spares. And you're not talking about one substation that goes out like lightning. Wait strike. a second, Jason. Yeah. Where would the most likely place be that those types of things would be I mean, manufactured? 
China. They're, they're manufactured in China. Absolutely. Because it's, you know, ever since uh, reading Agenda 21 and reading books, you know, in my teens and first, uh, you know, having the education of what an EMP is and the potential, it's all about that altitude, man. So when that fucking balloon started creeping, that is the first thing that popped into my head as I'm going, holy shit. And they were too. Uh, yeah, yeah. They said there's a second one that's um that was shifting and, and progressing towards Venezuela. Um, so you're talking about North and South America potentially, and that happens. We're back to the 1800s instantaneously. And, and correct me if this, I'm correct me if I'm wrong though. Um, if I remember if I remember correctly, it's been uh, eons that I keep on hearing about how. Our grids are, have always been unprotected. Oh, I of mean, course. They haven't, we've seen recent they haven't been upgraded in 60 years either. Wow. Planned obsolescence. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what that is. That That's yeah. like, you know, our engineers do it with cars all the time. They know a part's going to go bad in a year. Right? Obsolescence, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. And here's something people don't understand is if we do go down, number one, People, uh, people are going to start dying within a week. They're just going to start killing each other Absolutely. because your food's going to go bad. The supply chain's going to go down. There's no electricity to pump the fuel into the trucks to bring the stuff to you. There's no way to refrigerate it. I mean, they're already killing each other over stupid crap. Already. Yeah, so, right. You know, but all, no, there's but, people that get killed over a pair of Air Jordans. Yeah. Like, yeah. How about water? Oh, but think man. about this. Think about the one thing that everyone's spoiled on right now is communication. Uh, if our electricity goes down. You can't charge your precious cell phone. There's no cell phone towers. It's back to like get on a sailboat to go overseas to find out what's happening, to get the newspaper and bring it back. So literally the entire other hemisphere can be at war in a nuclear war. And we would not know for sure. months. We wouldn't know. It's so like so, the, the end of the movie Escape from L.A. Anyone seen it? Yeah. It's a sequel to Escape from New York. Kurt Russell, John Carpenter. The very end. Spoiler alert. An EMP goes off, and Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell's character, lights a cigarette, and he goes, welcome to the human race, mm -hmm. because now everyone's back to the Stone Age. Escape from L.A. Awesome but soundtrack, in, too. <laughs> in terms of people's uh, psyche, though, and their attitude, yeah, I don't know if you remember um, Rod Serling, the uh, Twilight Zone, oh. the episode, Shel The Shelter. I mean, boy, talk about, you know, showing... Depicting what will happen if, you know, scarcity of food supply and uh, what, you know. If you want to create mass hysteria. Create their own neighbors. No, John Henry really got me thinking now because there's a reason why they didn't take those balloons out right away. I was going to say, I don't think that like the six of us could like fly a fucking drone without a certain permit at, a, you know, in particular places or at certain levels, right? Like, how the hell do they get away with flying a balloon all the way that in inland like sense. that? None yeah, of it makes sense. For None of it makes sense. It, exactly right. Um, yeah, ooh, it's it's China. China bad. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, but the whole thing is pretty damn concerning. That's for sure. Was that the? Oh, I mean, that was a pretty big one. But were there other theories that you had heard, John Henry, or just? I mean, that's I big. mean, that's the one that was my. I latched onto just in in my own. Right where I'm just going, because that's like one of those weird things that, you know, the EMP attack is always in the back of my head. 
because I just think about the most catastrophic thing. Hell, we talk about depopulation. There's so much speculation on, oh, the shots for the depopulation. Well, that is one hell of a way to fast track depopulation. Uh, you know, because especially the if they day, don't get the numbers they want from yeah, the you, it, it, There's people in our country right now. If they lost the ability to charge their phone and be on fucking TikTok, they would shoot themselves in the head. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you talk my, about my husband would accuse me of that. It, it <laughs> utter reliance on technology and electricity, and on top of that, we have the big EMP push, or not the EMP. I'm sorry, EV, electric vehicle. How many people that drive a Tesla or a Chevy Volt or whatever the hell the rest of these EVs are, where now instantaneously there's no way for them to have any form of transportation whatsoever. So it's one to be able to go, well, shit, I need the food, right? The second thing is I have no means of transportation. I'm done. It'd be hard enough to be able to obtain fuel with a gasoline vehicle or a diesel vehicle. That's why I need to get one of those damn multi-fuel deuces. <laughs> that's, that's my dream vehicle. I could dump anything in there and let those things oh run, man. Well, that's what, oh my God. that's what the horror of oh Cash God. for Clunkers was for me watching, is knowing that you know all of these older vehicles that don't have all those computer chip parts in them that makes them run, um, they're gone now. I wonder why. I wonder why all those yeah. were taken out. That, I mean, that, when they were doing that, I was working at a place that was doing that, and that was uh, a horrible thing to watch. <laughs> a horrible thing to watch. I mean, perfect cars, dude. These people would bring in nice cars, low miles, and we'd fill the fill the engine block with cement. Yeah, you had to seize the motor. Yeah, it was horrible. Was we had this stuff that we basically poured in there, and it just basically ruined the motor. And it was like, and we can't buy these. I'm like, I, you know, and, and then the owner of the place got mad because he, he realized that when you were part of Cash for Clunkers, your once your computer logged into their federal database and all that, basically your computer is their property now. It was it was in the user agreement? Wow. It reminds me of a video I saw from Canada where there was a dairy farm where they had to dump 20,000 liters of milk a day, right? Or they wouldn't get their subsidies or their tax benefits. It's like, we're just wasting weight. It's just, um, man, it's, it's always ill-conceived. There's always something nasty about it. I mean, with an EMP, realistically, you know, even a 1980s vehicle, anything with a, an ECU or an ECM isn't going to run. The only thing that's running is something that's old and carbureted, <laughs> you know? So now you shut down the entire ability for people to have any type of transportation, all of it. Uh, it's a terrifying proposition. I'll tell you this, man. I mean, when I saw that, it scared the hell out of me because I'm like, oh, man, I don't like that. That's at the type of altitude that's necessary to be the most effective. Um, tell so me something. You know, we were talking a little bit before we um, started recording, uh, going live tonight. That show Survivor. Uh, how how many years has that show been going on? Is, is it more like twenty years or something? Oh yeah, something like that. I'm just thinking, is that uh, what do they call that about pre-programming? I mean, <laughs> I mean, really? Oh, predictive that programming. Was the message, yeah. yeah, was it not Ooh. survival <laughs> out in eating bugs? Right. I'm just saying Ooh. they've been putting this into us for twenty years. Well, here's what's wild is um. You know, we were talking about watching that show alone in, in survival shows. So, you know, in the, the one particular uh, format they have it in, these people have to make it 30 days and they're survival experts. It was shocking how many people dropped out in the first week. And these people were bushcrafters and they survival instructors. And you're like, man. Well, I had a bum knee that week, so 
Uh, (laughs) That is true. (laughs) true. But I mean, when it gets real, I mean, real where they're not, you know, trying to, you know, to use a bow drill to light, uh, you know, fire outside of their house with all their normal things in the house, man, it just people fold. So you walk, you know, you see people that are training this stuff just collapsing. I mean, it's full societal collapse, total lack of communication, transportation. It's a um, scary proposition. So I know I want to share my opinion. My apologies if this uh, <laughs> threw, threw the show a little bit sideways, but man, I haven't had a chance to even talk to number six about this. Well, no, it's been something's been eating up. Talking about yeah, stuff you just like got that. Me thinking that's we all. love sideways. Well, well and we ah. also have some participation <laughs> from our audience. Um, I noticed like one of one of our uh, longtime listeners. Shout out to you. Um, did give us uh, some opinions on the balloon situation. Uh, saying that an EMP balloon uh, seems kind of stupid because you can't fit a large payload on a helium balloon of that size. Uh, he also goes on to say the balloon strikes me as a test run of, uh, of U.S. response doctrines and an attempt to divide us through strategic ambiguity in the nature of the threat itself. Well, I mean, there's no question it's a test run for something. Well, and uh, it actually, um, later on, think he goes into that uh kirby uh is that a general kirby i believe right um said this isn't the first time they've done the balloon thing but it was suppressed in the media before um yeah that's uh <laughs> i thought it was you were referencing kirby the video game character oh that's immediately what i thought yeah because he does <laughs> have balloon type characteristics at certain times but uh no um that's really awesome now we have we have some great insight from our audience thank you Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, it's hard for me to judge right now. And that's another thing too. Like when stories are like maybe going back into the solutions talk here, um, when stories like this first break, we all know what happens, right? Everyone sort of just takes, you know, somebody's word for it and runs with that jumps on a bandwagon, um, comes up with some crazy shit and slaps it together and puts it out there real quick. I like sitting on stories a little bit, especially ones like that, that develop because, there's, we're just shooting into the dark sometimes whenever it comes to these topics, aren't we? Well, if it's like a tragedy, like a shooting or something, you do want to pay attention to those initial reports. Oh, but yeah. in terms of this, yeah, you sh- we should, you know. And this is, this is when citizen journalism really is at its most important because people who are boots on the ground who can provide actual, you know, footage or information that they're seeing from, you know, if they're in the particular location where things are going at, Hmm. you know, you you know, uh, six, you know, to your point, um, we try to, and I noticed you guys do this too. We try to not talk about the story of the day. Yeah. I mean, until we, it, it's like you said, kind of unfolds a little bit, right? You digest what, what we try to too, do. Yeah. And what you guys do, I notice. number one, we try to back up everything we say. And when we're speculating, we let people know, hey, we're speculating here. But what, you know, we try to look ahead. You know, wh- what's going on now, tie it to what maybe could be going on ahead, you know, and, and, then, and then think about it. We, you know, we know that there's saber, we know the economy worldwide there's going to be a, a shift in the monetary system to where the U S dollar is not going to be the King Kahuna. I don't know how fast that's going to happen, but I, I think there's a lot of not scrambling, but they know this is going on, but they're just moving the, ta- the chairs around on that Titanic at this point. 
with our dollar. And we all, I mean, I know that anybody and you guys know that, right? And if they have an EMP tiger, they wipe out all the digital money. That terrifies me. That that totally terrifies me. And that that's why I don't think a, an EMP is is about to happen, you know, anytime soon because they're doing something with, they're working on the CBDC. I would be super surprised if an EMP came anytime soon because they're working so hard worldwide on the, on this, uh, you know, digital currency. So I just did a quick search real fast and I threw an article in the chat. Oh yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it. Uh, And I would say this, that I I tend to agree with Tiger. Uh, I think an EMP is coming, but I don't think it's coming right now. They got to get us in the uh, 15 minute cities first. Yeah. That was the other thing I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause right now, if they, the best thing they could do to free humanity, at least in the Western hemisphere, is to do an EAP because it would take us away from our devices and get people back into it. And they haven't banned the gas, the gas stoves yet either. Right. <laughs> yeah. Got to ban those, right? And it just seems like history constantly is repeating itself because you remember, well, I mean, depending on when people were born. That's a whatever, really good point, Graves. Sorry, Lisa. I just want to throw oh, no, no. there. No, the gas stove things. Like that's right. Ironically, if you really think about that. If they ban that and we don't have gas as a resource and everything is 100% on electric. Yep. Uh, no, I, I agree with all of you guys on this. Wipes everything out. That's scary stuff. EMP is scary stuff because John Henry, and you know, this is, like you said, dude, I'm an outdoorsman. I, I you know, I don't walk down trails. I walk through the bush in, in southern Michigan, you know, and it's in northern Michigan. And it's, it's hard. Like I said, I, I hunt, I fish, I, I forage for food. I'm not a survival expert by any means, and it would be super hard to survive outside if you weren't prepared in any way. If I didn't have a way to make a fire, dude, I, I would be really, yeah, because that bow, that all the way natural ways to make a fire are not easy, and you're get lucky. If you, yeah, if here's you two sticks. Good luck. Well, you know, one you know, of the things on Alone is they actually time on all the episodes of Alone the Beast mm-hmm. how many hours it takes them to make a fire. Wow. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's, and you'll see these people that have practiced this, knowing they're going into the show, taking in between 11 and 22 hours of nonstop work, trying to, um, you know, get a fire started. Right. And another thing that's really terrifying to me is like, you know, the societal collapse you hear, oh, I'll go to the woods. And and I can say that I can go to the woods. I can hunt. There's a river behind me. I can fish, but the, the game supply, the, the amount of game across the country is nowhere near the amount that you would need to sustain the population. And we would run out of game and I would say about a year easily or less. And Tiger, you also have to worry about your fellow man too, like hunting you. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what happened in Ukraine. I listened to something uh, with Michael Malice the other night uh, talking to Jimmy Dore, actually. It was an interesting conversation. Somebody that comes from more of a leftist branded perspective, at least. Um, Although I've seen Jimmy Dore's attitudes sort of, to a lot yeah, of things change. he's kind of gotten out of that mindset, especially if you heard him on Tucker's. Yeah, <laughs> shit, Ukraine. Ago. How about Venezuela? They well, ate their pets. <laughs> there was no more livestock there. Guys, one of our They're listeners, uh, they want to see bugs now. One of our listeners chimed in that uh, Michael Yan is reporting a massive influx of Chinese middle-class military-aged men with large sums of cash in Panama. And curious that there is a balloon detected there also. Yan thinks it's an invasion force. Great. <laughs> wow. Red um, Dawn part that, three. That would be that would be kind of wild. I don't think I mean J- Jason, for what you uh 
know, is that even feasible for any type of force in Panama to be a threat to us at, at this point? Oh, I, I think Jason, I I think Jason, Jason stepped away. Going. Yeah, he stepped away. I didn't know if he was back yet. All right. Um, well, then what the hell? Then what is all this DARPA stuff for? Then? Hmm. Well, that's that's kind of. I'm glad you brought that up. So while we're waiting for Jason to come back to get some of his analysis on that, I'll uh, I'll drag this onto the screen. Uh, well, is it first, just to protect the banks, I had special weaponry that we don't even know about. Well, here's here's something interesting I, I picked out of this article is that um, the one that John Henry found. I have here in quotes using a balloon as a WMD WME platform could provide adversaries with a palette of altitudes and payload options with which to maximize offensive effects against the U.S. And that's uh, from this uh, expert that's... Uh, yeah, because the thing is, about an EMP attack, it doesn't have to be a massive payload. It's a small nuclear blast. Yeah, I mean, it's this is uh, Air Force Major David Struckenberg's words here that I'm reading. Um, and then it goes on to saying that... Um, Besides the payload options, which the maximize efforts uh, affects the U.S., he, he wrote in the report, a high-altitude balloon could be designed, created, and launched in a matter of months. Uh, there is nothing to prevent several hundred pounds of weapons material from being delivered to altitude. But now, right after that, this is what made me laugh, now in the private sector, <laughs> Starkenberg, who is a national security expert and scientists who led the Defense Department's EMP task force and chairman of the American See, Leadership that's when all Policy this shit Foundation. really started to terrify me, is mm -hmm. when that was established, that there is an actual EMP task force, man. Well, I, one of the things that I wanted to bring up when it talks about going into the private sector is actually the article that I brought up that Guard shared before. Uh, because I, as I, I found that, I also, if it's still there, there we go, I highlighted this um, about... DNA and RNA uh, about the person's claims. So hear me out for a second. It says, sure, scientists can experiment with soups of DNA, RNA, and grow things in Petri dishes. They can design mutations on the computer and try to make concoctions of things. Are those viruses that can leak from the lab and infect the world? This writer says no. And that kind of shocked me before when I read this. But then if you go down and read further into the article, uh, the author explains here, and that author is... Up and make sure I have her name right, Sasha uh, Lachapova. Now, she goes on to explain that um, she believes that this is all a DARPA, BARDA type of scheme. So it says, in another, another line straight from BARDA, DARPA is about predicting mutations and proactively developing vaccines. So we, we kind of talked about this a little bit before when we talked about um, on the show about the bio uh, labs and uh, the biosecurity state. She says that these are lines that are fed to us that are total nonsense. Pushed by psychopaths with PhD degrees and terminally gullible public and politicians who not authorize trillions in funding for pandemic preparedness. So I'll switch back to the panel for this. The reason why I wanted to bring that up, though, is that so say that you had that type of scare of like a balloon that could present this type of threat to us that it could literally shut down our culture. Right overnight, like you said, John Henry, back to the 1800s. Well, gee, isn't everybody willing to pitch in on that? You know, give a few extra tax dollars, just like we do the Ukraine. Um, <laughs> you know, go to go to total war um, over something like that. Like it just seems to me like this would be the perfect, perfect way where you don't have to actually you don't have to do any damage. 
You don't have to uh, drop any bombs. You don't have to burn anything. You don't even have to break shit. You just have to fly a balloon over the country and we're willing to go to war. <laughs> like, I bet you m- most of the country, like if you went on and said that this was the Chinese boogeyman uh, sending their shit over here to uh, shut us down or you blame it on, you know, whatever type of axis of evil countries, Grace, you know, like how, how fast could you get everyone on that train to war? Pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so we oh, have. Oh, we got to go over there and kick some Chinese ass. I'll tell you what, right now, you know, let me get another plug in my mouth or, yeah, we got a, we got a Team USA. Just like, you know, I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy, a Dandy Dandy Doodle boy. It's so. Go to the malls or the terrorist win. It irritates me how easily people get go into the tribalism and say, hey, well, well, wait a minute, like this Ukraine thing. As soon as they started talking about Ukraine, I'm like, this sounds like the beginning of World War III. This. This can't be good, right? You know, I'm like, well, why would they be talking about that? That's it's 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 insane, you know. But the American people, they oh, it's oh no, we got to support Ukraine and start World War Three. Really, it, 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 I noticed with Don, Don Jeffries, and I were talking, and I noticed within 24 hours, no one was talking about vaccine injuries or deaths anymore, and it was all Ukraine. So that's what I thought it was, smokescreen, you know. But maybe it was for something bigger. So from a military standpoint, I'm going to give you my opinion on this. Yes, I was going to ask you that, Jason. I got yeah, your I message that you had stepped away. At, at and by the way, I'm going to throw this out there for, for your listener six. We yeah. had to end the stream on the Knights channel because um, something with our platform where I was streaming it was canceling my audio. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, I got some. So anyway, we could talk about that later. But no um, this is the problem with, uh, what do you call it, compartmentalizing um, things. And they do that. You know, we do that in the government for a reason. We compartmentalize because there's national secrets and you don't want the person working on the, the widget for this other big thing to know the big picture, you know, national security reasons. Um, but they do that with planning as well. So if you were to, like, say, uh, do an EMP to take out the U.S., oh, yeah, that's that's great to go to war. How effective do you think that our, our current military is with no computers? Absolutely ineffective. Okay, no GPS. And all the wokeness and everything. Yeah, so yeah, we have the the means to go to war, but number one, do people even know that we're going to war because there's no communication? There's no means of guidance for a lot of different things. I'm I'm sure the military has things I don't know about that they could still be effective uh, because that's probably above my pay grade. But I don't think you would get the public's, uh, maybe maybe that's what they want is they don't want the public to know so they can just do whatever. Um, But also, how are you going to pay for, you know, Half of our military is actually not enlisted or, or officers. They're, they're contractors. You can't pay them. If we're on a CBDC, you can't pay them with no electronic system. So that's the problem with compartmentalizing things is that the planners over here don't think about the repercussions from the plans of the planners over there. And their plans could interfere with each other. So it's a huge disaster, in my opinion. I, I No doubt, I think that probably someone's thought of this, but they haven't thought through how it's actually going to play out. That's my opinion. Ludwig van Mises, the human action, that compartmentalization, it's the only thing that saves us from central planners is that they, they, they don't understand that they can't plan everything centrally because there's the human action and there's the action of nature, things happening, you know, in nature, catastrophe. So, I, you know, to, to Jay's point, you know, that's the human action they can't compensate for. And it's saved our neck so far. That's what keeps them at balance, you know, if you want to get technical about it and you know, not God or Satan or anything like that. God is helping us with the human action in my mind. 
I, I think of it this way. We've, we've all seen some kind of a cartooniture or picture where someone's standing up on a tree limb and he's cutting the limb off, but he's standing on the limb that he's cutting. And you're just looking at it from afar, like, what's this guy doing? But in his mind, you know, he's got good footing. He's taking care of the limb. He doesn't see what's coming. And, and that's where I see that that plan would fail. Although I'm not saying they're not planning it, just saying it would fail. Also, compartmentalization can go the other way for nefarious purposes if in the wrong hands, hence 9-11 or even proposals like Northwoods. Because everything, no one knows what the other is doing. And it's easier to get away with things, too. So if in the wrong hands, that can be very bad. Yeah, the Manhattan Project, Chris, to your point, had millions of people involved in it. And they were all compartmental. And nobody knew what the heck they were working on, right? Exactly, yeah. Well, I guess if you're wanting to destroy Western civilization, that would be the way to do it. You know, uh, seriously. A plausible deniability, everything, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, and I found those uh, posts that our listener mentioned uh, from Michael Yawn. Uh, he's on local, so I'm going to add this to the source list for this special. So I'll just drag this over there. This was uh, his earlier take, I believe, yesterday on the Chinese spy balloon, um, just sort of asking for confirmation because he's saying, you know, has anyone seen great photos of this thing? Like I showed the other thing before, like that's what we got. <laughs> you know, Jason, we talked off air about, you know, what the Rovers looked like in, uh, in the prisoner series. Right. And, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that's kind of scary because, um, when, if you go back to our, one of our first, um, ever podcasts, I believe it was in episode two. Um, in episode two, we actually used the cover uh, as it was a thumbnail of an Israeli spy balloon, and it looked just like that. Um, I'll see if I can find that thumbnail in just a second. But um, I wanted to bring up these uh, Michael Yon posts uh, from the, our listener mentioned because he says that many assumptions are tumbling across the net. How do we know it's Chinese? He says it probably is, but how do we know? How do we know this isn't? is a spy balloon, you know, assumptions galore. And that's right. I mean, we don't have a lot to operate with right now. What do you mean? They yeah. told us it was Chinese. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's kind of like how they knew the, all the hijackers within like, what, 24 hours? Yet they couldn't stop these bastards. But Jason, you might find this interesting. It says, during the Iraq war, I recall an aerostat balloon, which is a helium-filled spy balloon, broke from tether and was heading to Syrian airspace. <laughs> like what Jan says, I was... In an HQ in Mosul, watching live feed, it says a drone was following, <laughs> an Apache helicopter was dispatched and shot down our own drone to prevent escape with the sensor package. And then he goes on to say, "Why has this thing not been shot down?" Well, this was yesterday. Uh, whatever it is, uh, he goes on to say, "Did General Mark Milley assure his Chinese masters that he would run interference again?" I like that part, <laughs> but. You know, th that's funny because when I was over in Afghanistan, those balloons were actually used. Um, they're quite helpful. We had to take them down during like sandstorms and things like that. But um, they're great. You tether them to the ground, you put them up. And, you know, the enemy used to shoot at them all the time. We had to bring them down and repair them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that they did put that sensor package on there, and it gave us really good 360 uh, you know, defensive awareness. Uh, but So if people think that – Balloons are useless. And I know I kind of joked about it on our show today. I said it was world, uh, not World War II, but uh, Civil War technology. But actually, they are quite used today. Just something to, to note. Oh, yeah. I have a question. 
you guys might be able to rattle this off. A bunch of smart people. The balloon. What day did they announce the balloon in comparison to the new Project Veritas stuff coming out? I mean, yeah, they yeah, like to layer things, huh? <laughs> like like a Taco it. Bell burrito. <laughs> you, I know you guys talked about that earlier. Like, they're just multiple things. Yeah. Um, and I find that to be interesting. Well, I, and I think that that's kind of where I'm going with it. We we talked about, or Tucker reported on this. I think Tucker reported on it. But apparently, these, this happens all the time. And it was never a big deal. Uh, <laughs> Listen, this, hold on a second. I don't mean to interrupt you, but how crazy is this, right? Uh, gain of function research, all this other shit, uh, mutating strains. Hey, look, a balloon. <laughs> yes. Look up the balloon. <laughs> I mean, just someone say, squirrel, a shiny car. Like that. It's if, like, uh, that's so ridiculous. Look at the pretty balloon, everybody. Well, well, this here says TikTok, that, uh, well, oh. did you see what we pointed out in, in our coverage of it today? I know we kind of satired it a bit, mm-hmm. but um, the guy who first spotted it, because let's think about this. Who's out there having their morning coffee and they just look up in the right spot to see a balloon that's two miles in the sky? You know, you're not going to notice something like that. See, in fact, before I would be that guy and the only person I could ever call would probably be John Henry. He'd be the only one that would believe me, right? (laughs) Well, the guy who supposedly the the guy who first spotted it was a newspaper photographer of all people, a newspaper photographer. So of all the winky days. Go look up in the sky. At this it's like the Day Brothers with the first plane on 9-11. Oh, they're in place. Well, oh, I just I just hope his car doesn't automatically take control of itself somehow accidentally. Oh, you know what I mean? A lot of good memes. and we'll up and watch the engine five, five uh, blocks down the road. Oh, <laughs> I heard know. that guy's going to a Hillary uh, campaign fundraiser. Yes. So we'll see him again. Hey, here's a funny one just on Twitter. If Biden shoots on the balloon, it'll be the first thing he's ever done to combat inflation. Oh, <laughs> oh see, <laughs> see. All right. So we have a, a bunch of links that you guys uh, shared too. I'll pull these up for the source list. So this source list will be on Substack where you can also find our friends, Angry Tiger and Jason Barker. Subscribe to them as well. They're under my recommendations. But uh, this one is from Tech Project that says EMP threat. How likely is an EMP attack? Mm, that should be fun to read over. Um and then going on, uh, cascading risks. The U.S. is vulnerable to an electromagnetic pulse attack. Look at that thing in black and white. It says this is a post-war replica of the little boy. Oh, that's April 21st of last year. Oh, they're going to do that? Oh, all right, Forbes. So this is how you get around these uh, paywalls. So this is a DIY media trick. Download the archive.today uh, widget into your browser. I use Brave Browser, so you can download the widget to that if you use Brave. Um, or anything else that you want, but or just go to archive.today's website and pop in the uh, URL that you're trying to access, and let's see if um, this comes up. All right, looks like it's loading. Very good. So, oh wow, thanks for this. Uh, I was trying to figure out a way around this. Yeah, uh, we do this all the time on the show because like we um, rather come up with New York Times or Washington Post articles and a bunch of other uh, big mainstream websites that we want to be able to, you know, the, the Chris Gray's described this completely a couple episodes ago where we want to use their words and their their actions against them. So like whenever there's um, media out there like that behind these paywalls of these major news corporations, um, we always skirt around that by utilizing archive.today. So uh, I think right. that's going to load that for us. Um, but in a second here, so let me switch back and grab 
Um, another one of these articles, this is from The Hill. Could the Ukraine war devolve into an EMP apocalypse for America? So, yep, they're they're putting it out there in the ether, guys. I mean, this is from, uh, la- well, pretty early on last year already. They were already going for it. So, I mean, it's... It's a plausible, is it a plausible scenario? I mean, uh, one of our listeners said that you would need a bunch of balloons, that he doesn't doubt that uh, you could uh, deliver many EMPs, but you'd need a bunch of them. Um, he also goes on to say, amazing comment from Jason about CBDC. Uh, so, yeah. But um, yeah, there's a bunch of uh, Department of Homeland Security uh, documents about this EMP thing recently, too. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. let me, uh, I think that. Next one. Usually when they put it out, it, a few months later, something happens. Oh, and here we go. Here we go. Download this. Uh, Jason, can you describe to the audience the project that you were talking about before with um, the cell phone Faraday cage oh, thing? Oh, yeah. Because you might so, want to put this on there, how to survive an EMP attack. <laughs> you might want to bookmark that one, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I really need to do this. And what's holding me back, we talked about this six, about how to film my off stuff yeah but basically what i'm what i'm trying to do is take an old cell phone or tablet or whatever and i found that apple's probably not the best product to use because if you leave it unplugged long enough it wants you to hook up to a computer to reinstall the system Uh, Uh, whereas an android you can get around it you can hard reset it you can you can start it up and then you could bypass all of the sign-in functions throw it in airplane mode and what you do is you go online to like any kind of prepper site i like the uh what is it organicprepper.com okay great website on gardening canning food Very all cool. the stuff that we forgot the forgotten knowledge you go to print the website that print a pdf and it'll make it a small smaller file and then you just save those pdfs onto your cell phone and then you got uh you get one of those solar chargers you can throw out in the sun it's a battery pack and then now you have a pocket library of everything that you wanted to know once the grid goes down and you have no computer no lights no nothing you have a freaking screen in your hand with knowledge, a library of just lost knowledge. And it's going to be priceless worth its weight in gold. Dude, that's such a sick idea. And let me, um, let me look up that uh, these, as uh, I switch back to the these panel are, here. Some of these articles are mirroring the PNAC thing project for new American century a year before nine 11. I and noticed that they're referencing Pearl Harbor again with this EMP. Thing. Oh, yeah. If we go back through what was sent over, um, just some, reading off some of the headlines, electromagnetic pulse attack is Russia about to, nukes, to nuke space to launch massive EMP attacks to destroy the U.S. and its Western allies. I don't know how you could nuke space to do that. So, that you know what, Six, real quick, man, yeah. um, we're, we're talking about the end of you know, electricity in the you know, Western Hemisphere uh, because of nukes, but it doesn't take a nuke. It could be a solar flare. There's, we can't control that. I don't care how much money your government has. They can't control that. It doesn't need to be war that ends civilization as we know it. And I want people to think about that. It could be an act of God, you know, just something to, to mull over. Well, that's something that uh, I remember watching um, something from Willie Hoon, uh, the guy that uh, he, he studies the sun. And uh, he was talking about global warming. And it, it pointed out that it's just like... Should be a huge blind spot for us, but really the, predicting and, and, and paying attention to what's going on with the sun and solar flares and things like that, like that's not really being talked about a whole heck of a lot. And I think I know the reason why, because if you want to look at temperatures, well, you probably have to look at the sun. That's kind of what he pointed out. It seems pretty obvious, you know, that the big flaming ball it in the sky that big, provides us heat and everything. 
<laughs> that great big yellow thing in the skies there, six, you know, but yeah, that's uh blazing ball of energy shooting down towards Earth. Don't worry about that. That doesn't yeah, matter Bill Gates at all. You're being silly. Bill Gates wants to block it, remember? <laughs> and you know uh, Jason, is it organicprepper.com? Uh, let me double check. But yeah, I think it's theorganicprepper.com. I'll check it real quick. Oh, if you want, uh, send it to uh, the Brave Chat, like right in the stream, and then I'll be able to pull it up and bookmark it. There we go. Because I was having a little trouble finding it. But um, yeah, but no, guys, I mean, it, that that's the thing. Like we, we have certain blind spots and we were kind of talking about this before, right? It's just like, that's why it's important to team up with each other, find more people to add to this community that know all this, you know, all these different things and have this background knowledge is because like we never, I never would have arrived at the same conclusions that Jason was able to provide to us through his experience. Like I never would have been able to do that, you know? So I, that's why it's so important to that you know when we form this community and communicate with one another we also understand that um you know there's only so there's only so many things that we could be good at you know like the, like harnessing our strengths whenever it comes to this like what we're all you know sort of you know have our own little niche of what we were able to provide and ex accentuating that as much as we can too which is why I'm glad you guys are writing which is why I'm glad you guys are, you know, utilizing that medium too uh, to get with people. Because I think that there's something that, you know, for me, I listen to a lot of stuff. I aggregate a lot of things by listening uh, throughout my day because I'm, I'm, you know, busy running around all the time. But you know, for for some people, especially my friend John Henry, you're a big reader, man, and you have been able to uh, harness a lot uh, through the power of the written word too. So for people to produce stuff in that medium, I know we're going to be uh, launching uh, this year uh, Lisa's um, Substack too, where she's going to be doing some, uh, you know, some, I guess, some legal essays or something like that, and also answering questions from our audience. So um, if that's you, awesome, yeah. If, in fact, if anyone listening to this right now or anyone listening to the replays, if you have any legal questions and you're thinking, oh, that's a Lisa question, kind of like we do here on the show. Uh, send us to, send that to us in the comments, and we'll we'll submit those comments to Lisa, and she can pick one and uh, write a piece about it, maybe in Substack, or maybe even do a little video that I might help her produce. Hey, well, uh, six, can I announce something that I'm working on on our website? Heck yeah, man! Okay, so uh, our website's kind of a cookie cutter, drop and drag and drop, cut and paste kind of thing. It's really nice, really simple uh, on the back end. And what I found was we can actually add a blog. Okay. And what I'm going to do with the blog is I'm not going to turn it so much into a blog as I'm going to turn it into a subject, you know, different subjects. And then people can use the comments of that to collaborate. And I think that's can, great. Yeah. Yep. And you could sign up. Of course, it's going to make you have to sign up. And I didn't like that. I didn't want anyone to have to sign up for nothing mm -hmm. for the website. But you sign up, you can leave a comment. So let's just say you get on there and you're like, hey, I'm looking for somebody who's smart on this topic uh, for next week's show. And, uh, you know, people can go there and look and be like, oh, yeah, I'll do that, you know, and you guys can collaborate. And then even one step further, I got to kind of play with it a bit, but I can actually make somebody else be able to post their own thing to where, okay, you guys have been working together for a while. Here's your own little blog. Oh, and nice. it's, it's kind of a cool thing. I'm playing with it. Uh, but our, our thing was about solutions, right? How we work yeah. together as a community. I think that falls right in line. Oh, heck yeah, man. No, that's awesome. I want to say something, Six, real quick. I didn't mean to run your tongue over here. I don't know. But I'm, okay, just for the, the viewers, I just want to say, I'm here on this end, and I can see what's going on in this chat over here that we got. 
And you got the mastodon of researchers, Chris Grave. Oh, yes. You got the 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 canned jar of liberty, a canned cyclone of liberty, uh, Lisa uh, Bellinger there. And they're dropping stuff like it's hot information, pulling up articles real time, live time. Yep. And that is excellent. I just kudos to you guys. What a what a team here. I just it's 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 excellent. Lifetime I, research. I say that. That's that's the thing that I I I mean when it talks about you know, when we talk about what we can do to play into our strengths, like the team that we have here for research at the new prisoners, we are blessed. <laughs> we are really blessed. Uh what, what's up, buddy? Uh, can, can we just kind of do a speed round with some of these uh, headlines on on this? Yeah, where do you want me to start, life? brother? Where you are? We know that okay. one especially. Uh, especially that's okay. one of the Department of Homeland Security. I even found an article where the Simpsons again predicted an EMP thing. <laughs> <You don't... laughs> so we got to get to the bottom of the Simpsons. It never thing, ends. Guys. That's, that's what know. we got to do. I mean, is it really just because like? I don't Is it really that. because they've had that much material, right? Oh, <laughs> or... Look at this. Look at this, though. <laughs> okay. Like, this is from September. Oh, man. September 6th. You're right. September 6th of last public year. Public warning system. To protect natural public warning system from EMPs. And our, our listener actually chimed in and said uh, nobody ever talks about the number of small fires that will become infernos in an EMP attack. Um, and oh, yes. oh, here's another thing. What if we get a bunch of those Tesla batteries together and one of that that goes off? Like, do those burst into That's flames too? Possible, but it's highly possible the way the cells and the lipo batteries and all that other stuff are li lipo. Because <laughs> I came up like with a, a like sort of an environment, like uh, one of those earthquake movie ideas. Like, I'll switch back to the panel for this, uh, not to distract too much. But like, what if a giant earthquake did happen in California, and all these electric vehicles? started bursting into flames all around people like that's 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 an absolute horror movie scenario man because you can't even put them out with you can't even put them out with water what if it rains <laughs> like what, what what does that do or even breathing in the stuff like being around the the buildings in 9-11 like well, what, here, what about the environmental thing. stuff that you breathe in remember towards? remember the wipeout of texas where a lot of people died in the winter time yeah well, one of the articles goes into how that that could have been a beta test too for this uh, EMP thing. Yikes! Well, that was during the lockdown, I believe, 2020, 2021, I think. Well, if you're going to scare the shit out of one another, <laughs> this is the kind of community to do it in. Because we're, we're yeah, you guys are making the tiger want to dig a hole and go <laughs> hide. In it. Oh man, we're going we're deep gonna, tonight, man. We're going to have to do a watch party on the uh, on that giraffe. The last. Uh, series of the Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, I remember you, uh, Lisa. I remember you texting me from the theater that we should cover that movie, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. We really don't do a lot of movie stuff on the show. And then John Henry, like the next day, was like, Six, you got to see this movie. <laughs> Talk about predictive programming. Uh, what do you think about that, John Henry? Was was Jurassic the latest Jurassic Park predictive programming? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chris is already in. Chris is always like, bet. <laughs> Isn't everything? Well, that, that's a special unto itself that I think I mean, we could go I'm just into. Saying, if everybody remembers the Balloon Boy hoax, yeah. that in itself was predictive programming. It was getting yes. us prepped for this moment. Not to be yeah. confused with the Bat Boy hoax from the Weekly World News, right? <laughs> I just saw a thing on YouTube. Um, I think it's more like 
about uh, that boy has his own channel. <laughs> balloon powered, balloon powered cars. <laughs> balloon powered cars. Well, I mean, you can get uh, hydrogen vehicles. They've talked about that, right? Um, you you can get stuff like that. I don't know. How would they do balloon powered cars? Look at that right there. What'd you say? You know how many dead men there are because they've thought of alternative fuel for cars. There, oh. there, there's a whole vessel of them in the graveyard. Oh, the, we, water, yeah. the water powered one. Yeah. Oh, we we talked to uh, Vince Ignali about that when we when we had him on the show too about coming to that realization of just like oh GM already probably has that under lock and key. Like when you go to patent it, when you go to do it, when you come, because scientific conclusions, I mean, if they're correct and repeatable, right? Just if they're if they're objectively scientifically correct, then it's you. There's bound to be another human being that comes up with that same conclusion, right? <laughs> yeah, that also can solve well, who's the equation. The guy that created the water um, water powered engine. And in- yeah, I was saying that he went. He went and had dinner. He yeah, went- they, and he said they killed me. They poisoned me. They poisoned me because he went outside after eating dinner and uh, he right. collapsed in the street. I've got a car right now that's going to solve our energy crisis, but I won't tell anybody because I don't want to be killed. Oh, you know? Well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I'll tell you guys because you're my friends, right? Right. Um, so, no, this is how it works. It's, it's too simple. So, you just build a car, you empty out, you gut the inside out, take all the seats out, and you put a, a exercise bicycle in there. Yeah. And then as you spin up the bicycle, it charges a battery and the battery makes the electric car go. So, you yeah. can just pedal your way work in your car so it really is like that episode of black mirror where you have to like pedal in order to make money but just like you just yeah. have to pedal to get to work oh, still. I the irony yeah. of that is, you know, man. The irony is that you can just get on a bike and ride to work oh, john henry yeah. the guy's name was aaron salter jr oh yeah donald donald jeffries wrote about it but they took that chapter out of the book of hidden history yep. wow Folks, yeah. every single article that you're seeing here, we're adding to this uh, special source list. You look startling. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, you should thank Six for that because, yeah, it, you know, like I always say, time is your most valuable commodity. And to, to the point of what you guys were saying earlier, we do this because we love it. Okay, I used to do fireworks, right? And everybody's like, oh, that's cool. No, it, yeah, it's cool, but it's it's three minutes of fun. And days of work, and all fireworks is really is is moving heavy boxes around. I've moved thousands, you know? of, hundreds of thousands of pounds in fireworks. I did it because I loved it, because it was it was a labor of love. And this is the same thing. And six taking the time out to put those articles up and build that information uh, pile that he has there, for lack of a better term, I, I lose it a little bit at night, guys. My sharpness goes down, so bear with me. Is is it? It's it's. It's super of you to do, man. I mean, fantastic. Well, I mean, I like archiving all this stuff because as we think of things here and we can sort of demonstrate where we've gotten that information, proven our points with different things, like here's the Simpsons thing. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I was back in 2015. Yep. September 2015. Is this going to solve our, all of our, uh, our, our questions about this, man? Yeah, I I do. I don't know. I think the thing that turned me on to uh, predictive programming and it being sort of legit um, was the documentary by Adam Curtis I brought up on your show, Angry Tiger, the Tiger Send that we did the other night is Hypernormalization by Adam Curtis. I strongly recommend everybody to check out that documentary. I mean, it's a it's a bit of an undertaking. It's close to like a three hour documentary. But if you're listening to our podcast, we do three hour podcasts. I think you'll make it. Uh, but it, it's really awesome. Do it in chunks if you have to. Um, but oh, that sounds gross, doesn't it, Grace? But yeah, chunky. 
chunky. But um, I was going to say um, the the things that he points out about 9-11 and then uh, in not to spoil it too much, but just like the things he points out about 9-11 and the similarities that you find in movies and other things that, oh, yeah. that, that happened before that. I, I, it's hard for me to argue. I mean, yeah, correlation, causation, it's kind of along the same lines to me. You know, can you really prove that they predicted something that, but also don't these Hollywood people and people that work on these shows, don't they hire consultants from straight out of the CIA and the media and everything else, right? Yeah. And they're all sociologists and psychologists. Well, you know who who it was for the longest time. It was uh, Tommy Lee Jones's cousin. And Tommy Lee Jones was Al Gore's college roommate. And Tommy Lee Jones was in Oliver Stone's JFK. Oh, wow. There you go. Man, bear, pig. You know, <laughs> I remember exactly where I was. When the, the, when the uh, Challenger blew up? Oh. 9-11. Okay. Oh. So, so it was really weird. You know, I, I remember being in my living room. Or the kitchen area, whatever, watching the, uh, like Good Morning America was like nine oh something. Yes. Know? And I'm sitting there, and so it breaks away, you know, to this visual of the of the uh, towers and and this this supposed plane going into the building. And I'm think, I, I you know, it, it just slowly I keep thinking like. How is it that they were able to have that perfectly set up for that vis- to take that visual right then and there? I, I say that all the time, Lisa. You, you see this viral stuff on TikTok and stuff, and my daughter will come show me. And it's just somebody like hanging out at the beach, and then they just happen to pan the camera over, and then boom, something amazing happens center screen. I'm like, that's fake. She's like, why would you say it's fake? I was like, how did they know to put the camera exactly right there at that moment and then hold it there? That, that's fake, you know. And I sat there watching, watching, you know, what was supposed to be Good Morning America. That they had this, I mean, this thing right in front of. I'm like sitting there, I'm like this. How is this happening? I mean, seriously, how you have a news, a uh, 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 morning show going on? How the hell did they were they able to spontaneously get those the camera crew? To get all together to get that freaking visual. The Nade brothers and their CIA assets and Donald Jeffries and I go into that in Hidden History 3. That that was a clear setup like Abraham Zapruder, also a CIA asset. Hey, yep. Six, how do I drop you a message? Uh, do, see, look, ladies and gentlemen, it's, the, it's do-it-yourself media live in action. Heck yeah. Um, so uh, fourth icon over, it'll say open chat. And then you just open that chat. And then uh, you can drop uh, links and other things right in Got there. It. If you want to send you. me a direct one, you could just text me, dude. I'm pa- I am pasting a great DVD oh. on the subject that we are talking about called State of Mind, um, I believe. Awesome. Awesome. Jason's already there. He says, You know, that on, the, on the morning <laughs> of 9-11, in the two-hour span before the first tower got hit, nice. I was able to find like 20 commercials that kind of foreshadow different aspects of the attacks the commercials that aired that morning yeah i wow. found that a couple years ago I'm trying to find it now man quick, quick story what, what, what i was in a federal halfway house in detroit 
And uh, if, for those who don't know, Michigan has a very large Middle Eastern population in Metro Detroit. Oh, yes. And the marshals surrounded the place immediately. I woke up. I'm like, groggy. I'm looking at what's on the TV. I thought people were watching a movie. And one of the dudes told me what was going on. And all of a sudden, we were locked down into our rooms. And every Middle Eastern, and I heard that it, it happened across anybody in possession of the BOP. If you were Middle Eastern, you were taken out of the, the, the population. And they isolated everybody and took them all out of the population. And we were in lockdown for 24 hours. Wow, man. I have a, a question from one of our listeners. It says, what's the difference between law of attraction and predictive programming? Oh, man, that's a crazy one. John Henry, you're somewhat familiar with law of attraction and how that's you know utilized and, yep. and, and things, right? I mean, I don't... It's hard. I'd say predictive programming is... Um, purposeful in a sense where you're creating something to demonstrate to somebody um what's well, manipulative yes yes That's you're planting difference. seeds and things of that nature I'd, I'd say versus like when when you're doing like the law of attraction thing that uh it's it's more cerebral it's less uh extroverted right like it's a it's more or less like what you personally put out into the universe or something that's just my my take on it I could be a good, but yeah, but I'd say that that would probably be the, the difference, though. But he also goes on to say that Chris Langan, who has the world's highest I recorded IQ, and guys from Knights of the Storm and John Henry, too, I think you might chime in on this, is promoting a law of attraction version of Christianity on his YouTube. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get into the Chris Langan stuff, but that might be something to check out. Thank you. Thank you to our listener who provided that, but. Um, yeah, I, I know that uh, a lot of stuff out there. And so here's something. Um, when it comes to doomsday stuff, like uh, I know that a lot of end times doomsday references are constantly pointed out in today's like DIY, and, well, not DIY, but like in today's alternative media, like we talked about it with the Alex Jones stuff. Um, you know, for people of, I'd say, stronger faith than maybe I, what? How do you deal with the, the the talk of doomsday? Like, do you do you believe that it is it is a coming thing, or is it? Uh, I, I got you on this one six. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm not religious. I don't do the whole um, hallelujah singing in the choir thing because I don't believe in organized religion. I think that it's important for people to get together and talk, and that's what we do here. Sick. Uh, yeah. if, if we were talking about um, the Bible right now, this would be church to me. Yeah. Uh, but. When it comes to the doomsday stuff and, you know, uh, telling the future, they call it prophecy in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's always been this thing about, and I get this a lot, about free will. They're like, well, how do we have free will if God tells us what we're going to do? It, it makes sense, right? That's a good question. And I look at it this way. If you were to draw a time out on a, on a chalkboard and you had, you know, point A, point B, two dots, and you draw the line between it. As God, you're the guy drawing the line, right? And... If we were along that line, you know, in our form, you're at whatever point you're at. You might be able to see the past a little bit. You might kind of know what's happening tomorrow, but you can't see the entire line. Uh, well, God can see the entire line from beginning to end. So when it is the end, he's also seeing the, the beginning as well at the same time. So he, he didn't decide that he wants us to do this thing and then made us do it. We did what we decided to do. And got to the ends where we got ourselves to by our free will. He just went back and said, look, I watched you do this. 
and this is what you're going to do. I'm just warning you now. Don't be a part of it. Does that make sense? It's- yeah, yeah. And I also want to play Russia's free will right now, too, but we'd get DMCA'd <laughs> off the internet. So, But Angry right. Tiger, you had something to say, too? You know, um, the the doomsday thing... I- I, I am religious. You know, I go to I go to church every week. I, I celebrate feast days. Um, so I'm super, you know, into my religion. And you guys have or friends and have a show together. And that's the cool thing about this community. It doesn't matter like sort of what background you have in that. And, and I'm not like if you're not religious, I you know, that's your 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 choice. I you know, you, you watch what I do and you know, I'm I'm good with that. That's I don't jam it down people's throat. And I don't judge. I, I am very eclectic. Yeah, man. And I don't think everybody goes to hell if they don't call people, you know, God, Jesus Christ. I, I just, I don't, I don't agree with that, but you know, I've studied a lot of different theology through my life and, you know, I've always found myself going back to where I am now. I don't fear doomsday. I don't fear dying. I don't fear anything. Cause I, I, somebody's got my back. I, you know, I, I firmly believe when I die, uh, whatever it might be, it could be 10 seconds from now. It could be 10 years from now. You know, I'm going to go through something and, uh, you know, I know what's going to happen to me. So I have absolutely no fear of that. So the doomsday talk doesn't bother me, you know. Um, and I don't think everything's written in stone either. I guess I, I might be, you know, thrown out of the church or the, you know, the Christian uh, buddy pod here. But, I, you know, I think humanity can change. That's that. That's why, you know, God sent his son down to, to show you you can change and you're going to sin and all this other stuff. And not, not the lesson. I'm not going to get into that. But. I don't think everything, anything's set in stone. Free will, he gave us free will for a reason. You know, if God doesn't want the devil to exist, he exists for a reason. All he, he doesn't, the devil that cannot exist without God allowing him to exist. And that's, I know that's heavy, but that's how it is. He wouldn't exist if God didn't allow him to exist. So like to Jay's point, what's going to happen is going to happen, but I don't think it's set in stone. I think God knows what's going to happen, but we don't. So I'm not, but I don't, yeah, the doomsday stuff, I don't try to tie it together because there's so many ways to, to look at the Bible and what it says and the verses and the quotes and the, the gospels and the revelations and the end times. I studied that, you know, big time and it, what it led me to believe that I, I, I took it as your revel, revelations is for you. It's not for the whole world. That's you. That's, you know, that's my interpretation of the revelations, the book of revelations. That's the end of a human, you know? So Hmm. that's, that's my take on it, but no fear of the doomsday thing at all. Yeah. Well, John Henry, are we prepping for doomsday, man? (laughs) Or, I mean, are we prepping for something else? Like, are we prepping for more sort of, uh, war? Well, yeah. (laughs) the prevalence of pure evil in this world is like nothing I've ever seen before. And maybe it's just relative, well, right? That encapsulates war. Can, that is the yeah. perfect description of war. What you just gave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you go back through history, I'm sure that there was a lot of things that people could identify through time. Um, since there was that belief, right. To say the same. Um, but again, it's just all a matter of perspective in the moment. But to me, just a lot of darkness and evil in this world, man, the mutilation of children, the, you know, I have, described abortion as ritualistic sacrifice many, many times. Um, you know, and, and when you see that darkness just splitting up the idea of the nuclear family, to me, um, I don't think we've identified the Antichrist, but I certainly think he's there. And it goes back to, you know, Jason's statement earlier on. If you go to the tip, tip, tip to the, the triangle, right, it's, it's Satan. Uh, I agree with that sentiment uh, wholly. So... 
whether or not the end times is upon us or that prophecy will become real, I don't know. I don't know, and I, and I don't care to speculate, but what I do know is uh, we are currently in the midst of a holy war, man. And uh, I'll tell you this, I've never seen the confidence of evil to show its face the way that it is now and the way that it's manipulated people um, and, and just turned them in the turned average, normal, middle-of-the-road people um, you know, into screaming lunatics with pink pussy hats or, you know, uh, you know, uh, my body, my choice, except when it comes to the vaccine. And, you know, then we can obviously get into that whole other conversation, which for the sake of time, we just won't do it tonight, but about what's actually contained in that. So, uh, to me more than anything, man, we're, we're just in the middle of, of a holy war and good versus evil. Um, I certainly hope the end times are not upon us now, but I got to tell you this, man, <laughs> we better start winning this war. Yeah. Jason. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. To John Henry's point and to uh, talk about what anger, anger tiger was talking about. My grandma used to tell me, and I was about seven or eight years old at the time. And she, she really brought us up as religious. And when I say I'm not religious, it means that I don't put my faith in the institution. I put my faith in, in Jesus Christ and God. And then I, I read for myself and I talk to people who read for themselves. And that, that's, that's where my religion lies, I guess, is in talking. But uh, she believed that the end of the world would come in her lifetime. Um, I don't think she was that far off. She's been gone for a decade now. Uh, but what she told me was that it doesn't matter when it comes. You have to be prepared today so that you don't live in fear. And, and I think that's what anger was trying to get at. Yeah. So if we see what's coming and we're if we knew what day the end of the world was going to come, it would be mass chaos. Everybody would be running around, you know, having parties. On Uh-oh. Day before, yeah. You know, so you got to be prepared every day as if tomorrow is your last day or today is your last day. That's, I think that's the moral behind the whole thing. Well, yeah. If, if, if in my mind, you know, I, at least in my faith, if you're a Christian and you believe in, in Jesus Christ, you have no fear. You shouldn't have any fear. You should, you should like of death or, or, you know, the end times. And yeah, I, I, John Henry, I agree. Satan is on the move. Evil, evil is, is sweeping the land. Like, like nothing I've ever seen. I can't believe it, dude. We're, we're having conversations about children being able to go mutilate themselves without anybody's permission, killing babies. I mean, look how many we've killed, you know, with the, with the trying to exterminate the black race, keeping their, numbers down and look what it's like they're approving they're approving giving vaccines to the womb it's a it's it's a part of our it's a culture of death and death of evil sounds kind of like the legal system doesn't it lisa (laughs) i had to wait for a good moment to chime in with something like that for you dear But I mean, you, you've you've looked at kind of you've yeah. yeah. Well, that's well, the thing. Let me tell you. I mean, seriously, spend a day in probate family court. <laughs> well, Satan lives there. Well, Lisa, like we've we've been part of like a, a thread now on Twitter that's been going on for about a solid week. Um, I help help spurred by our good friend Jeff Fenton. Shout out to Jeff Fenton out there. We love you, brother. Uh, but uh, I've been introduced to a bunch of different people talking about what goes on in those courts and their experiences of from all around the world from a bunch of different perspectives and it's just like when you when you talk about you know a, a culture so um you know for for those of us that take our you know ancestors and our our elderly 
you know, with the greatness amount of uh, respect and care, like Jason, when you, you commented on that, you lost that person that was close to you that taught you uh, that lesson. You know, we have, we have people that are living now that are being taken from their families and being put in situations uh, where their families don't have contact with them, like Lisa went through. Um, and, and elderly abuse, which Graves, you, you saw Stan Lee go through, you know, personally. You know? I mean, we're yeah, talking about his blood and selling it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so it really is murder. I mean, it, I mean, these people, these people have no souls. I mean, seriously, I don't think they have blood in their veins. Well, and wait a minute, Chris, Chris Graves. Um, for for the Knights of the Storm listeners, maybe the number uh, the the new prisoner listeners have heard that. What did you just say? Hmm. Tell tell me about. That. Is that okay, Six? Yeah, absolutely, man. Stanley, um, the people that were sur- uh, surrounding themselves with uh, the late Stanley, um, were having him sign all kinds of documents when uh, clearly he wasn't mentally sound to do so. Um, they were taking his possessions and selling them. They were also uh, cutting. They changed his phone number so that people like Kevin Smith, who I've known off and on over the years, actually was trying to reach out and offering to let Stan live with him at one point, but he couldn't get a hold of him. And they were taking vials of his blood and selling it as a collector's item. That's ridiculous, man. I mean, I, wow. the reason why that I, I, I think I brought that stuff up too is because, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, future generations, protecting the children and stuff like that. But also, like in our community too, we can also look out for the elderly, um, the people that are, other people that are vulnerable too. And I but think now people are trained to just drop them off and dump them in a, a home. In institutions. That's the thing. Yeah. We put so much faith and trust in institutions anymore when it comes to our society and look at what it gets us. It gets, if you trust the institution to, to educate your child, guess what? You're getting a triggly puff. <laughs> Congratulations. And then you see all those horror videos of uh, them, you know, throwing the elderly around too. all the elder abuse in those homes and everything. Well, just go to New York uh, City there at the courthouse, right? I just put a link in there. Is that a satire piece, Lisa? That's a satire piece, right? I don't think so. I'm looking at it right now. That's got to be satire. It was from New York Times. Hold on. No, there's a... uh, From what I know of, that's an actual picture. No, that's not satire. No, it's not. We're in the Twilight Zone now. Are you serious? There's like the devil horns. On the, yeah, I'm looking at that. That's that's insane, man. Yeah, that is a hundred percent accurate. Well, the New York Times is encouraging cannibalism now too. So yes, yeah, we got to put that on the screen. Six. This is sculpture this is, is meant to. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the screen share here. I just I just dragged it over. Here, yeah, I thought the out. same thing when I first saw it. I'm like, this is bullshit. Well, There's no way. That's the thing. How like Babylon B does a great job, right? But MLK oh, there. They just unveiled a statue of MLK, but it's not really sorry. a statue of MLK. It seems sorry. to be a statue mocking MLK. Hey, Tucker, yeah. what's yeah. going on? Yeah, hey, everybody, is, Tucker's here. Hey, yeah, everybody, Tucker's here. They're showing it here. I'm gonna pause old Tucker there and see if we can roll this sucker back so you can see the full. No, tuck in your Tucker sticks. I know. I'm going to try and see way, if I can that, get... That statue was, was not satire either, for frick's sake. I mean, that is... I mean, seriously. Oh, uh, See, every time I pause, it does this. This website sucks, Fox. <laughs> get your shit together. All right, let's see if they have an actual picture somewhere. 
We're scrolling. We're scrolling. Yeah, they said it was it a homosexual it. thing too. Oh man! See, there we go. It. Oh, oh, maybe if I. No, nope. It does that again. Wow. Foxnews.com. You suck. There we go. You can see it. It's it's kind of weird. We'll we'll look up a picture of it, folks. I can get a better photo of it. I thought we could uh, actually capture it there, but uh, Fox not making it easy on us. But yeah, that thing's real, huh? Wow. <laughs> So it says here, this I is the headline. There, there is a crap ton of symbology in that thing. Yeah, I, it's called Satanic Golden Medusa. Scroll down. It's got, it's got that. It's got a beauty of a shot of that. Whatever satanic. Oh, you know, I heard that okay. they're doing a statue. I just didn't think it would look like, like this. So I thought it was satire. Oh, so this is it. So Tucker was talking about something that was, oh, so that was the, Tucker was talking about the, the about thing in the, Chicago, uh, Martin, Luther, Martin Luther King thing. Uh, okay, Luther there we go. Yeah. was supposed to be his arm that around felt, that his, his wife and it looked like a giant wiener. Oh, wow. <laughs> Using sex <laughs> ops against yeah. Martin Luther King still to this day. Great, like, great, look at this great job, everybody. Look at the multiple arms and look, are those snakes as well? Oh. It, it's just, it, it, Boggles my mind wow. that they are that outward. And can I? Can right. I, I mean, not even uh, totally. I mean, seriously. They didn't even subtle. <laughs> okay. Can I mention something about this? Just really quick observation. Yeah, yeah. The color is gold, and in the Bible, when they did, uh, you know, um, false idols, they were always gold. The golden calf. You know, that's right. When Moses came down from the mountain, they constructed a golden calf, had it destroyed. But there's something about being made of gold. Um, that just tips it off and says, oh, this is worship of something other than God. Wow. Now this is, um, it also like even people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg though, just to switch back to the panel here. And uh, I'm going to grab this one last article from Grace too. Um, I imagine she was a squatty little thing for flip's sake. Well, Actually, uh, you, can we go back to that for a little bit? After? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, okay. yeah. P- uh, for for me, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because like at least you shared some stuff with me, uh, some decisions that she had made too that just don't really parse with the whole leftist agenda either. Like I think that they utilize people like her, even especially in death. I mean, when you talk about rewriting history, trying to you know pin people to things that they weren't really a part of. You know, they try and make her like this you know cult like figure, but the people that follow that kind of stuff and you know just sort of jive with that kind of community, they really don't or, know her or history or her. Or she could have been in on it as well. You know why? Mm. Look at Mother Teresa. You know how many articles came out about. Well, that was an eye opener for me uh, until you told her, me about that, Graves. Yeah. Her, uh, her organization. Yes. Human mm-hmm. trafficking. Mother Teresa's uh, organization was accused of human tra- and child trafficking. So. Yeah. Really gross stuff. And then, uh, so you brought Real this up friends from. With, uh, uh, friends with Gislaine's dad. So this is, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, uh, the surreal early morning TV of nine 11, just before the attacks. Ooh. So the, how long is this grace? Do you know how long the video is or do you need me to read the, uh, yeah, just click it real quick. Yeah. Um, let's click it. A stunning and cowardly strike on the United States. Terrorists and mighty skyscrapers crumbling to the ground. Many innocent people are dead. The president vows the killers will pay for this attack on America. September 11th, 2001. Uh, you you will remember this day okay. 
as it, long as you live. It's kind of cool how they had those graphics already ready. Yeah, they were ready on the fly. Yeah, I remember the little, Osama bin Laden's name in the graphics, too. So I mean, that wasn't a, a small feat to do, like, you know, the little radar with the attack on America. That probably took some like, a few hours to do that. Uh, with the technology we had back then. Should I skip so, to this part where they're going into yeah, yeah, yeah. Iraq and everything already? Like, no, when? no, no. What's, with Anne, Anne Murray here, uh, just uh, click, uh, click it real quick. Morning, everybody, again. For the second time in two weeks, the U.S. has lost an unmanned spy plane over Iraq. Iraq claims it shot down the remote-controlled Predator aircraft near Basra in the southern no-fly zone. U.S. Uh, military officials, however, say they lost contact the idea, with the plane. The idea was that they were pushing that it was Iraq shot as well. For additional Already. Yeah. But if you go just if you okay. just scroll real quick, like yeah. this uh this was only one of the things. I actually found a video uh years ago that was like half an hour long that actually had like all the creepy commercials right before the in the two hour span and it was all this oh right here, right here, yeah, 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 yeah. Right right around here. Uh you back it up just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, keep uh, Back up a little bit more. Right yeah, after Al Roker. Roker. Oh, look, yeah, look right at right fat Al Roker. Him. Yeah, back when Al Roker was fat. Back this in the was good the old hour days. before 9 11, <laughs> and they had uh, different things right here. It's real. Yeah, here we go. Right. Still a perfect summer morning. Thank you, Al. Good advice. Miles and miles of sunshine. Ooh. Miles Davis. We're going to put miles oh, out there today. Yeah. Nice as it could be across <laughs> the Northeast. Uh, rough sea still uh, from, uh, from the chop from that hurricane. But other than that, it's kind of quiet around the country. We like quiet. It's too quiet. Yeah, it's That's quiet. And we have learned quiet. a couple of things this, this morning. Is, in fact, we're starting a new feature. First of all, we've noticed that for some point. reason, several people in our audience have worn various shades of purple. Just by coincidence, did you all call each other and plan this? No. 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 And, and even Eddie, come here, is on our crew. He's wearing purple as well. And Jeremy is also wearing a shade of purple. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming. Wait a minute. Best of luck. Hold on, guys. What was the significance of the purple? The purple, it's a... Uh, it's all. It's a uh, for tragedy and also for pedophilia and uh, the royal family. Uh, it has it's a power color and magic. It's it, a yes. super powerful color and magic. It, exactly. it represents the blood. It represents a lot of different things. And they're all saying, "Oh, did y'all call each other and uh, color coordinate?" You know, all that the, the people at the top of the pyramid believe in stuff that yes. we don't even know about. Yeah, and this is Here all this just is as the title says: early morning television before. This is a minute right here. Wow. A minute before your flight 11, supposedly, you know, supposedly flight 11 hits the North Tower right here. Well, I wonder what happens. Let's see. With your project, the anthology once again is called The Long Road to Freedom. Thank you, Katie. Looks wonderful. Up next, a new look at billionaire Howard Hughes. But first, this is Today on NBC. you after all that cheese and we know you like your right. and then you can put turkey and onions i'm going to taste them when we come back soon. okay all right hang on we're going to take a break right here uh 47 past the hour back after this but isn't in america and in politics isn't spinning what is spinning charlie did they well, all break it like the same time your point of view yeah. trying to put yeah. your yeah, interpretation and here was supposed so to do be you in think the there power. is a lot of spinning done in she politics in america passion, but this year things are different contestants will be quizzed on current events u.s history and government 10 of the 51 contestants got a preview among the questions naming the current vice president and knowing what happened December 7th, 1941. Two contestants didn't know Dick Pearl Cheney Harbor. was the vice president and four missed the bombing of Pearl Harbor. There is news for months. If every Capitol Hill scandal merits weeks of coverage, how much attention do two and a half million dead merit? 
It's a story we should have brought you long ago. Looks like Babyface forgot his razor. A definite new look for you. What are you going for? What am I going for? The of Congo. Three years, two and a half million dead. We thought you should know. Okay. Anyway, anyway, yeah. this, this is like a weak video. But anyway, there was wow. a lot. Of, oh, here is breaking right here. Okay. We want to tell you what we know as we know it. But we just got a report. He was absolutely the most amazing man that America has ever created, ever. Okay, I have got to interrupt you right now. Sorry. Richard Hack, thank you very much. We appreciate the book is called Hughes. We want to go live right now and show you a picture of the World Trade Center where I understand, do we have it? No, we do not. We have a breaking story, though. We're going to come back with that in just a moment. First, this is today on NBC. But they had weird commercials the whole the whole morning. Yeah. And right here might be it's probably over now, right? Yeah. 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 There we go. All yeah. right. Well, anyway, that was a weak one. I apologize. No, for no, no, but that. But there were a lot of commercials that were basically mirroring different aspects, real creepy stuff. That after a while, it's like this can't be a coincidence, you know. Well, we talk anyway. about it all the time on the show. No coincidences, folks. Um, I do have an excellent comment here from listener uh, who wants to know why the Christians are the only ones concerned with and willing to give everything to combat tyranny. And I would argue uh, because of the enlightenment. That's, that's, that's my entry there. Uh, there's something that happened special, I think, with Christianity around that point where it allowed sort of us to have enough sort of uh, enough of a liberal mindset in the more of a traditional sense. To allow us to, you know, be able to sense and recognize and combat against tyranny. What, what would you all say? I think it's purpose and an intrinsic moral compass. You know, I, I find that that's one of the, the most important things that faith will provide is that you're answering to something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and it's that moral compass that drives people in that direction. You know, it's the sanctity of life. Well, if you believe that God has created all life, then you understand it's a special purpose. It's not this disposable thing. My opinion. I, I got something to caveat on that, John Henry. I agree with you. And, and I would say that if you're a believer in Christ and you're a Christian, right, there's a sense of security there. And right now, everybody has been slowly boiled like a frog in, in you know, the boiling pot thing. And they, the world, the people that run the world have made everyone feel hopeless. So the tyranny is kind of a welcome, uh, it's welcome almost, because it's a sense of security, where we don't need that security as Christians, because we have our security elsewhere. And, you know, that's, that's my opinion on it. I, you can have that tyranny crap, I don't need it. Uh, God will take care of me. So. I love that. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. You know, just, just so people don't think that I'm full of crap. Six, can you just flash that that one last article just on the screen real quick? Like we don't have to go through it, but Absolutely. I just want to back up, back it up, so people aren't like, "Oh, he's making up stuff." No, the very last one. Right yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bookmark this one real quick. Oh, okay, sorry. You're not gonna make us watch a Tab Cola commercial, are you? Yes. No, we, yeah. <laughs> it was actually uh, Crystal Clear Pepsi. Thank you. Oh, Pepsi Clear, man. What's the one that I, Josta? I used to like Josta back in the day. Josta Gross. was solid. Yeah. Uh, all garbage, of course. Don't drink that stuff, folks. It says, uh, Mother Teresa's charity investigated for child trafficking. Here we are from this is Newsweek. Uh, this is dated 717 of hey, 18. Hey, buddy, before you jump into that, no, guys, I do no. apologize. I got to jump off, man. I just want to say thank you to everybody. This has been a blast, and I hope we can do it again super soon. John Henry, Godspeed.
Pleasure to meet right, you, take brother. Take care, brother. It was nice. Hey, was John Henry. So awesome, John Henry. Talk to you all soon. Have a good Chris one. Kyle. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> Love you, bro. <laughs> you son of a. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, back to from John Henry to Mother Teresa. <laughs> uh, this is what this is uh, what I love about the stream of consciousness when we get together and have these conversations is that we can go in these directions and find stuff like this. Um, it says the Catholic charity set up by Mother Teresa in India is being investigated over allegations that it was involved in selling children in its care. It says the Indian government has ordered an inspection of all child care centers run by the missionaries of charity after two of its employees were arrested over the sale of several children earlier this month, NPR has reported. It says the investigation stems from a Missionaries of Charity shelter for pregnant unmarried women in the city of Ranchi in the eastern state of Jakhand, a nun, Sister Concilia, and a social worker, Anima Inwar, were arrested after four children were found to have been sold, including a six-month-old boy. For as little as seven hundred and thirty dollars. Wow. Can I chime in here? Yes, please. I I would like to say I, I'm reading the article and just just just, just I have to do this. Yeah. I don't think Mother Teresa was at the steering wheel of a child racketeering or a child trafficking ring. I think that's a, a ludicrous idea. I think just like every other organization that these things happen. And they rot, right? Because they're so big and there's so much money and so much stuff to take. I, you know, I just, it's just my take on it. You know, I, I mean. Oh, yeah. With, with such an expansive, say, enterprise around figures like that, you know, it's just like rock stars. Like, it's just, you have somebody like her that's a big media figure. There's a lot of people to be surrounded by them. Having something like this happen, yeah, it, it's gross and it's really close to, uh, you know, when, when it's close to the person's name or, anything like that. But Jason, what do you have to say, bud? Oh, no, I was going to say that that's why I steer clear of religious organizations. Um, although I don't think it's a bad thing to go to church. I think that's great. That's not where I put my faith because of things exactly like that. You know, you, you have, uh, you have the Bible, right? The Bible's the go-to book. Um, and I'm not going to put my faith in a man or a woman that's going to tell me what the Bible says. Uh, I, I'm going to read it myself. Now, if I find a place that a small community that, uh, you know, I, I agree with them. I mean, we could talk about it. Maybe I don't agree with them, but they could read from the Bible and not preach to me their beliefs. So kind of going along with what AT was saying, if it happens in an organization, it's the organization, but you can't take it out on the belief system. That's laughable yeah. what I'm reading. Chris Craze has, uh, uh, you do, but the references. She, even, she could barely read. <laughs> she could barely read, guys. I mean, this is from Daily Star, folks. I'm reading it to you as Grace is delivering because, like, Grace, I don't fault you at all for remembering all this stuff and being able to recall it well, and Dalai present Lama it to was us. Yeah. CIA as well. Wow. It says Mother Teresa was Cold War CIA agent top secret files fuel conspiracy. It says bizarre claims say that the Blessed Mother used her influence to act as a spy for the U.S. in USSR. Wow. I mean, I'm going to attach this all to the source list, folks, so you can uh, jump in. I, I want to put it to uh, the, our guests here, um, Angry Tiger and Jason Barker. We're at the two-hour mark. Do you guys just want to keep rolling? I don't know what kind of time you all have this evening. Uh, I'm okay with it. 
I don't know what AT's got going on. I don't know. I could. What time is it? I could roll for. I could roll for another half hour. That's okay, that's about right. it. Cool. Let's get it. All right. I'll so start getting tired. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, gonna I'm gonna tag yeah, the rest of work. these things for the or source you're, list. You're all gonna get tired of me. <laughs> the, we we got a whole thing on Mother Teresa by the Central Intelligence Agency. Just remember, the Central Intelligence Agency also had ties to the Finders Group, which. Uh, the finders. So read it though, six. So what I'm reading here yeah. is uh, Mother Teresa brings call for service piece to do. The DC. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking, you know, for someone who can't read and is highly religious, she really believed what she believed in, and say well, if that was true. Here's something devil's wild advocate that used that remote sure viewers who claim to use clairvoyance, precognition, or telepathy to a- acquire and describe information about targets that were blocked from ordinary perception. The men who stare at goats. That's wow. what we talked about the other episode, guys. Like, wow. Like, this is... It, when we talk about how things all connect, right? So, the, we were talking about... Melting ex- my face. Yeah. We were talking- wait, 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 wait. I don't, mean, you- I don't mean to bring... Was an umbrella item for the intelligence community effort that used remote viewers, it says, who claimed to use clairvoyance, pre- precognition, or telepathy to acquire and describe information about targets that were blocked from ordinary perception. But that is something that they actually did. Like, yes. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that that they succeeded or got anything out of it, right? Or if it was just a bunch of people on acid, like coming up, you know, spitballing ideas. But <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I mean, Chris, you probably have other links. Yes, you do. All right, so let's go on. Um, is there more about? I, I don't know how we got onto Mother Teresa, but now we're going hard on Mother Teresa. It says Mother Teresa was actually a horrible person. What they don't tell you, I'm not. I don't know what that person cites. Um, but let's go on to the other one. Somebody's going to hell. I'm just saying that. Oh right yeah, <laughs> they're going hard on Mother. So this Marty is there. documents classified. Uh, this is from Black Vault. Wow. So Graves, yeah, you. This is fascinating, Graves. Yeah. I mean, the dark side of Mother Teresa. Ooh, boy. It's coming. It's coming hard. And then we got this one, too. Was Mother Teresa called? Oh, so we're going to archive that real quick. Wow. But uh, yeah, guys. Uh, so I don't know what's up. Oh, Chris, you're great. Uh, you're muted, Graves. You're still muted, Graves. Sometimes in the, in the past, I, it wasn't my intention to upset anybody, but sometimes an asset will act a certain way, whether she could read or not. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying, I did not mean to upset you, Tiger. Uh, I did. Oh, so, no, dude, no, this no. Was stuff I had researched dude, a long dude, no, time. No, I was just like, I, I'm like, like, from what I was just right? telling you what I knew. Yeah. And believe me, my mind is open to whatever, Chris. You have not upset me. You're like, I just told you, you're melting my face. I don't mean you're making me mad. You're like blowing my brains. Oh, and and this is unbelievable that it goes. <laughs> well, Lisa provided this one. Yeah. Now Lisa's on. Now Lisa's on the case. So now we now we have two awesome researchers. I'm just uh, saying, dropping people links, that are but... in the public eye, you have to question them, regardless of what religion or political party. Like people that have a platform, like as big as a Mother Teresa or a Dalai Lama. Oh. It can shape public opinion, world opinion. And to your point, and we covered that on the show that we did about Alex Jones. So, and look, okay, so I'm not trying, you know, not putting myself up or down on this. You guys know, I I know about this stuff. Yeah. Right. 
And I was shocked. Now, I don't find it unbelievable. And it doesn't make me mad. It shocks me. But, you know, like just like when I find out they're poisoning the water, it shocked me, right? right. This is shocking to me, but it's not out of hand to me at all. I get, I get it. It's, uh, it's not comfortable at all. I know. Well, it says here about Gina Haspel, uh, the CIA director. It says, during Miss Haspel's career, this is the article that Lisa provided. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, she had an unexpected encounter with Mother Teresa in the late 1980s. During her first overseas assignment, Miss Haspel was working weekend duty when the legendary nun and missionary sought to speak to President Ronald Reagan about wheat shortages in a country that remains classified. Hmm, that's interesting. Why about wheat? It also says Miss Haspel invited her in and the State Department arranged the phone call leading Mother Teresa to invite Miss Haspel to the local orphanage. Hmm. Uh, people familiar with Haspel's career said the children also visited the U.S. Embassy. So it says over the course of her career, Miss Haspel four times served as a chief of station, the top CIA official in a country responsible uh, for all the agency's operations there. Three of those postings were in Europe or Central Asia, and one location remains classified. Why classified? Exactly. That's crazy, man. That's really wild. Question everything. Well, that's something that we talk about. I mean, here's a question just to throw out there while I um, bookmark the rest of these uh, things, just to kind of get off the Mother Teresa thing and on to back onto the DIY media. (laughs) Sorry, but it was kind of interesting, nonetheless. Well, (laughs) Name some shockers for you guys, like when, because in, in everyone's you know sort of awakening process, like they've had like certain stories that just like like you, you could be talking about Angry Tiger stuff that just melts your face, where you're just like, what? Like, yeah. can anybody name any of those moments for them where like they had those, you know, holy cow or like you know epiphany type of moments whenever it comes to these these types of connections? Oh, when oh, when I read Operation Northwoods. Yep. Oh, an awesome episode that you guys did together, the Digging Chris Grace too. And that is one of my uh, most listened to actual like podcasts because we're on video networks and podcasts and stuff. And, you know, people love that episode, guys. You did an excellent job compiling information and going over that too. So check out Digging Chris Grace, Operation Northwoods, uh, also with Jason Barker in that episode too. Awesome episode. So, but yeah, so Operation Northwoods, that was yours. Lisa, you were saying? Only in court. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Only in court. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. And how about you, Angry? Did, did you, what were your aha like type of moments where you ran into some crazy connections that sort of oh, I had flipped your world around? <laughs> Man, I mean, the food, the food supply, uh, the GMO food, oh. um, the fluoride in the water, lear- learning what exactly it was you know, that they're, they're putting in the water, you know, and, and, and the vaccines really, really angered me, you you know, because it's kids, right? Yeah. You're hurting kids. You're hurting kids. It's the kids, dude, that that's what really flamed me up in all of this. And made, you know, if you're a human being and you love people, it, it, it made me want to cry. Right. And then go smash somebody with a bat at the same time. Right. I get that. You know, and they're hurting these children. They're destroying these beautiful things and they've been doing it all this time. And that, that was really my, that, and the, the other one is the SV, the, the cancer vaccine, right. Ooh. With the polio vaccine yeah. where they put that, that, that was actually catchy. Mm. That, that was transmissible. 
how much how many people died of cancer and maybe could still be to this day dying of cancer because of that stupid virus in that vaccine children running around in nuclear power plants pressing buttons that that's where in the hands of monsters hmm. oh here's a question uh from our friend rescue dog what did the blue stripes on mother Teresa's habit mean she says the same stripes were on the building on epstein's island oh that's one uh so that's that was a great aha moment for me like just having something like that was always rumored. Like I, I grew up listening to a lot of talk radio in the nineties. So when I was a kid, uh, my dad would drive me to school and he'd always have something on the radio. I'd always be talking to friends about something. And I knew about, you know, Jeffrey Epstein long before that, just because of the way that he was talked about with in his relation to Bill Clinton. Yep. But then like, you know, you sort of, I mean, I, it's not like I had faith in the justice system back then to like bring somebody to uh, to justice at all, right? Like to to actually carry out what all of us would probably agree that somebody like him deserves. So, but then I also got disinterested in politics at a certain point in my life too. But then, like seeing something like that pop back into sort of like the mainstream media that now you know normal people, you know. I know calling them normies and stuff like that for short, but that does, but you know, but like normal people, like people outside of like people like us that really get into this stuff and into the layers of it and the nuance of it, that now somebody like Jeffrey Epstein and a conspiracy of that level is like mainstream news. It's memeable. It like people know what you're talking about. You could wear a, a Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself t-shirt in the mall. And like people will be like, ha ha. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, it's, now it now it's almost like common, but it's still one of the biggest conspiracies that we still know no, next to nothing about. Like when you're talking about hard evidence, actionable evidence, you know, things that you could things that I had a great conversation with Lisa about this the other day, things that can hold up in court. Like it's still one of the things where like we we have very little proof of anything. We have a lot of speculation. We have a lot of, you know, interpretation and We've things got like a black that. Book, which is evidence, but they won't touch that. Yeah. Like it's really hard. Like I've, I've again, I've known about Epstein's connection to Clinton since the freaking nineties. It's twenty twenty three, and we still don't have the hard evidence to kind of tell the whole story about this thing. Will we ever? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Tiger, you had something to say, brother? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what's scary about Epstein? Is that, yeah, everybody knows about it and nobody really cares, even on the right, right? All the people who's supposed to, you know, hate the Clintons and hate, you know, the whole, it's all, you know, all, all Democrats, a lot of Democrats going on with that. And they, they don't carry, it's kind of funny, right? Uh -huh, they all well, laugh about leftist it. Leftist comedians even joke about it. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll see Noah, whatever the hell his name is, you know, on Comedy Central and people like that, Trevor Noah, you'll see people like yeah. him, you know, joke about it. You'll, it just, they joke about it in our face. But there's Here's still no the justice thing. served ever. Here's the thing, right? The people in charge of prosecuting, investigating, and prosecuting, right? It's kind of like the bank robber investigating and prosecuting the bank robber. I feel They're Lisa's energy just building right now as you say those words. I do too. <laughs> it's like it's like when Goku's like powering up, you know, yeah, and rocks start levitating. They don't call me Tiger for nothing. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Epstein obviously made his money by blackmailing people because he would get him into a yeah, money laundering situation and then yep. 
he would film them and be like, okay, now you're going to do what I say. Or you're going to pay me money, whatever he was doing. Because, I mean, where did he get his money anyway? You know that's how he got it. Now, the people that are going to investigate it, they're kind of like, well, did they really do such bad things? Because they got skeletons in their closet, too. And now if you prosecute, now you're setting a precedent that if you get caught for the same thing, you're going to be held to that same standard. I think Lisa, that's why do you think they... Ooh, that will open the floodgates. That yeah, Lisa, that, do you oh, think they'll ever wow. touch that with a ten foot pole? Do you do you know what the discovery would do to everyone, oh right, left, center, all over exactly. the place? What do you think, Lee? I'm I, sorry. Oh that's my Lisa, God. that's a Lisa question. <laughs> I'm telling you, they'll they'll just keep on chomping at that uh, carrot and stick routine. Not nothing is ever gonna be told. All right, look what they've done with the. I mean. Uh, JFK assassination. Come on. We are never going to know the truth about anything. Well, uh, I've got a perfect, <laughs> I, got a I wish I had an argument. <laughs> Here's a perfect thing. So we yesterday we had to do our, our regular training we do um, biannually, which is like your equal opportunity, your sharp training, things like that. Sharp is a sexual harassment and assault prevention, right? Army stuff we do. And so we were talking about why people wouldn't report something as far as a sexual assault case, like why people wouldn't report it. And one of the reasons people don't report it is let's just say I'm 19 years old in the army, 19 year old female. I go to the bar and I'm drinking underage. Then I get assaulted. Then I don't report it because I'm scared that I'm going to get in trouble for drinking underage. And, and that's what I'm getting at is if, if these people that are in charge of, uh, investigating and prosecuting they got their own skeletons in the closet they're scared they're going to get in trouble if they open that pandora's box makes sense uh-huh well especially who is involved in a lot of those investigations too like bill barr <laughs> is Giseline, uh even in jail really or prison <laughs> well i want to see real evidence she's complaining about her meals and her uh her clothing no joke I mean, I probably would be too, to be honest with yeah, you. Me too. <laughs> they don't. I mean, we've we've seen what they do. To the no, I'm not saying that there's any comparison. Just before everybody out there just starts you know, starts unfollowing the channel, I'm not oh, in any way comparing the J6 prisoners to just Lane Maxwell. No, but no we've we've no. seen we've seen the depths of despair well, of where of where jailing so can go right? to, right? And and like in modern times. And uh, from I mean, what I even gathered, the the one that Epstein was in when he supposedly hung himself, like yeah, he right. can leave at noontime, I think, every day and go about his business as long I, as he came I, back. We even that one I had complaints like, of rat feces and stuff everywhere, and spoiled food and poo and overflowing toilets and all kinds of stuff. Like uh, that 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 jail had ridiculous complaints against it. So but, I, I can tell you this: where, okay, where the Jan Six people are is a holding facility. They're they're not made for long term holding facilities they should all be held you know if they're it's all federal and i've yeah. been in those holding facilities i got diesel therapy across the country oh, those man. places are shitholes yeah they're they're rat holes they're bug holes they're hot they're pest holes for disease and, and viruses and everything else and you got to really watch yourself and and you know where 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 miss maxwell is and and where epstein was those are bop places and if they were mediums you know, Epstein killing himself, and especially being high profile like that, is so out of the realm of, of reality. It's it's mind boggling. And, oh yes, and her the cameras complain, weren't it, working. All of a sudden, the cameras were working. Yeah, 
Got a compliment from one of our listeners, says this shit is punk rock AF. And also uh, had to chime in too about their predictive programming um, and said that uh, MTV I'm a Hacker program was a pre-9-11 type of thing that was also predictive and planning the scene. Hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Look at that last link, Six. All right. We got links. We got links. Oh, let's pull up. uh, So this one, the secret CIA files say staffers committed sex crimes involving children. Oh, yeah. Well, this is... This is something too that the the CIA had to admit, right? And more recently, I'm glad you brought this up too, because this let's oh, let's bookmark this. this I'm is not saying Mother Teresa partook in any kind of activity like that, but I mean she was an asset for the agency. Oh, no, it does say over the past 14 years, the, so it, it bears some looking into. Is what all you're saying? You know, you're not making yes. a direct accusation. You're not doing an Alex Jones where like. Mother Teresa was smuggling the children through the tunnels under the pizza gate thing. You know, like he was, you know. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I was kind of doing that, but yeah. no. Chris, no, Chris, info, dude, info is info. You're bringing facts to the table, you know. Yeah, yeah. Me, like Six said, you taught me something tonight. I'm walking away learning many things tonight. Yeah, I didn't want to upset you, though. Well, and we, and we talked yeah. about sacred cows earlier, you know, and, and, uh, no coincidences, folks. You know that there there should be no sacred cows. Like even somebody who's a saint, <laughs> you should still be able right. to look at them objectively and be like, oh, and question things when, especially when stuff is presented to you. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was not upset, Chris. I was definitely not upset, bro. Huh. I was just like, you know, wow. You you got to remember, right? Like like oh, I told yeah. Guard when he first told me when I first heard the term Christian anarchist, dude. I fell out of my chair until oh, I, yeah. you know, just like. Just like what you said, I'm Italian. I go a little crazy sometimes, right? <laughs> oh, me too. I go Italian. Oh, well, hey, we made a connection, folks. It's the Italian, but um, <laughs> oh yeah, oh that's a combo. <laughs> Scottish. Oh, right. American. Are are you a true yeah. Scotsman? You can you lift up and show? Oh, no, oh, no, killed? never mind. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, hanging that's, free. That's that's how you get demonetized on Rumble. <laughs> yeah. <come> on. <laughs> Check out my OnlyFans page. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we got to take it there. Take it off platform. I, you know? I got it bookmarked, Chris. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. <laughs> but uh, as I'm grabbing the rest of these guys, um, I tell you what, since we're getting near uh, bedtime for pretty yeah. much everybody, although we we are we are roaring out there on Rumble and Odyssey, I appreciate you guys hanging in for the stream. Oh, there's uh, John Brennan, whose face I just recently put on an anime plushie uh, for one of my recent thumbnails. Isn't he great? Um, but, well, uh, one of the last one of the last things we could talk about real quick is uh, everyone's experience with the stupid shadow ban crap. Oh Everybody yeah, please yeah. chime in with that because that's huge, and maybe how we can combat that in twenty twenty three. Well, I'll toss it to rather Jason or Angry first, so, so I can bookmark the rest of these, and then I'll come back and finish up. Yeah, How's that sound? Let him have it, Jay, and then I'll go get him. I'm sorry. I don't know what the question was. I actually was pulling up the Rumble to to chat with the crew on Rumble. Oh no worries. Uh, yeah, it was just um, dealing, the dealing with the shadow banning and everything. Since you guys did a, an episode of digging Chris Graves on that too, maybe the oh, audience hasn't seen as I, well. I think but. We did too. Mm-hmm. I think yep. angry and and I think we got you out of Twitter jail, man. I think we did because uh, you what? you guys, David Knight and Sam Tripoli, because I brought our. Th- our show uh, Operation North was up on his show, and then he went into his shadow band. Well, I mean, literally, I could type your your thing. Now you would show up when I clicked on there because we we talk a lot, so it shows up on like recents, right? So that if people watch the episode, they're gonna be like, "Oh, he's full of crap." Because 
I saw his name pop up. Well, no, it's that's recent, right? But if I search for you, letter for letter for letter, your exact handle, you it would come up blank. And and then after we did the episode, like a day or two later, as soon as I put the letter C, boom, you're the top result. Yeah. So I think exposing it, um, they can do it as long as they can get away with it. But once you show what they're doing and enough people see it, and that ties into what uh, Angry Tiger does, he'll talk about the tag tweet, tweet tag drop thing that he yeah. does. It actually works. And if we do this and we support each other and we get this community going and somebody gets attacked, we all jump in together and mass blast it. And I'm talking tag Fox News, tag MSNBC, tag Tucker Carlson, you know, tag the president, tag it all. Because people, they, the people you're tagging don't care, but the people who who follow them will see it and be like, wait, what's going on? I tag Elon Musk all the time. I call him out all the freaking time. Tag Oprah. Yep. Go ahead, Angry. I'm going to let you take it from here, man. Um, basically, okay, yeah, I'm unmuted. my camera is in front of my mute thing. That's why I, uh, that's I keep doing that. But anyway, basically, um, you know, I... I, I I'm a small business guy and I've had a couple of businesses where, you know, you need to advertise. And I used to be press the flesh, right? Shake your hand, start talking to you, get my three minutes to get your attention and try to get you to like the item, the quality item I'm trying to, you know, get you to buy. And I had to study social media because I'm old school, right? I had a Facebook account, but it was, you know, now I have to use this stuff to sell products. And what I found is, is likes, mentions, all of that stuff is it's algorithmic. There's not some guy I mean, every now and then they might have some guy watching you, but it's algorithmic. They'll shadow ban you, right? But you can break out of the shadow ban. If you if you notice when I tweet, I, I usually, if it's a show like our shows, I'll put as many people in there as possible so it gets noticed. And then, the, number one, the algorithm seeing that your show is getting retweeted. People are mentioning you when they retweet things. They're, they're, they're tagging you. Okay, and that puts you up the ladder in the algorithmic, you know, rhythm. And as, as you do that, even though you're shadow banned, you can still break, you can still break you out of it. And Chris is, is, is a good, he's an, you know, testimony to it. Basically. Oh, we, Tiger, there's a new, there's a new element to it too, that people have to. This is an example uh, of folks that are, that are watching too. Sorry, Chris, to cut you off there, man. But I just wanted to point out to the audience. This is, do, this is what we're talking about. Doing stuff tagging. like this. This is tagging. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to do. It. Whoever you're listening to, I'm glad I got your audience here. Because yeah, this is something I'm really passionate about. Mm-hmm. We are getting our asses wiped across the globe by the left and by the right and by the, you know, the legacy media and, and, and on social media. We, we, we know we're shadow banned, but we can't just give up. We have to go around the obstacle, over the obstacle, and use the weapon that they're using on us against them the best we can. And I think we figured out a way. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys, we got to do this. Everyone can do something like Six said in the beginning of the episode. You know, it, either get your voice out there, do it, do it yourself podcast, you know, get the voice out there, spread the word to your neighbors and friends in a manner that's not so bombastic. You know, you don't even have to talk about the, the, the nuts and bolts of how things work. Just talk about food shortages or something because of the economy. Just, just you know, and get them thinking that way. But share. So tag, we just showed you what a tag is. Yes. Then retweet. You have to retweet. Yes. If we don't do that, it, it sucks because I, I look at the retweets. Mm-hmm. David Knight doesn't get enough retweets. Yeah. You know, smash the like button when you're watching someone's podcast. Doing right That's now. another thing. That ticks up in the algorithm. There you go. And then... Take quote that retweet. when you take wait, that wait, wait, quote, mm-hmm. quote retweet. That's what you yep. got to do is the quote. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Then take that podcast, like, take, guys, take number six's podcast and drop it in Fox's news comments or Tucker Carlson's comments or a larger media person. I always go for over 250,000 people. There's people out there with millions of followers. Brandon Joe Rogan's thing. And Oprah, yeah. One, and one person might see that and you've done in your job. I'm going to tag if, President if Joe Biden. People, the more people that that person has, the more chances are might not want to do that. See it and pick up on it. We're all we're just in an echo chamber, and what we're doing is just a hobby, and it's just for fun. And we're all freedom fighters in our, in, you know, while we're watching podcasts, right? I hate to put it that way, but that's the truth. Hey, so, I, I look at it this way: I was a bully killer, right? I was the a redheaded kid that was scrawny compared to everybody else. I was moving schools every two years. The girls thought I was cute, so the boys hated me. And I got picked on, and they would gang up two or three at a time on me and push me around. So I, I don't stand for bullies, and I and I often knock them the hell out because um, I'm Irish and I'm a fighter. So what they're doing to us is they're bullying us. They're saying, you can't have your voice, and if you just say, okay, take my lunch money and walk away, then that's that. You said redheaded, Jason, and I was started yes. looking for Danny Baldaducci to tag him, and I can't find him on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> no, but what, that's funny. What Angry's talking about is talking about knocking the bully on his ass. Okay, we found a way to to hit the bully straight in the nose, bloody the nose, and and let's do it. Let's stop being pushed around. Um, yeah, we're alternate media, alt to the alt, whatever. I mean, nobody should be able to shut our voice down. So whatever angry angry's come up with the way, there's other ways to do it. There's other sites you can go to. There's ways we can let each other know. Knights of the Storm has a website that we're trying to consolidate everything uh, so that, you know, if, if everything else gets shut down, and I'm not tied to any Google, anything like that. So our site should not go down. Maybe it's not going to be Google searchable at some point, but, you know, we got a couple of URLs that are easy to remember. No, six. Mm -hmm. six. Yeah. Six. Don't, put, uh, don't put Biden on there. Don't put him on there, yeah. Is this her, no, don't put them on there because yep. there's uh, Ooh. there could be some pushback on that. Oh, yeah, because of me, that's right. Yeah. Oh, well, no, but not well, that, that, you. that as well, but other, yeah, other attention that we might not want at the moment. All right, sent. Can you explain to us in a nutshell by doing all those tags what happens with that post and then why it's important? I think that to, people need to understand what six just did right now. So this is what's going to happen. Everybody that you tagged, all the people that follow them are going to see the post. I'm watching the analytics. The analytics go, okay, when my untagged posts are way lower analytics, way less views than the posts that I tag. I do all that tagging. And, you know, we, we try to tag people in our group. So I always try to tag number six and I rotate a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. I just am. John Henry's been shadow banned. Oh yeah, I and tag him and forever. Rescue Dog, our friend Rescue Dog here. Uh, she's saying yeah. that uh, she's still so so shadow banned that handles she tags don't get notifications. And she sent uh, she said she sent uh, Chris a DM about that earlier. Yeah, and she yeah she did she did that mm -hmm. yeah she sent me a DM too. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, the suppression's definitely at work, guys. Like we're not. And a personal personal <laughs> favor to anyone out there, please. Uh, if you're following Donald Jeffries, can you just uh, keep an eye out on the notifications because they're turning it off on his followers? Oh, okay. And he just lost like 200 uh, followers yeah. for nothing. I, I stopped getting them too. Uh, just yeah. To and they've been unfriending people on him and everything. And 
It's going to be more work for us, guys. It's going to be more work for us, you know. And, but it's is it worth it? Do you really? Now he's you know? not even doing spaces because they messed with that too. Wow. Look, this is a war that you're going to be in whether you like it or not. We're yeah. all soldiers. Mm-hmm. Doing nothing means that you're a soldier on the other side. I just hate to say it that way, but it's true. Okay, just like with the war of good and evil at the end days, if you're not with God, if you're just trying to stay out of it, guess what? You're with the devil. Well, and people are redeemable, right? So it's it, yes, it's it's, yeah. it's also our duty to bring people over as many as we can too, you know, because that well, that's good, part of the good community men that as do well. Nothing are basically just as good yes. as uh, well, the evil, and, and that's really the evil in this. Like when you talk about evil, how evil is it to keep? People like us who want to build community, who want to share information like this, who want accountability in, in their culture, that they're keeping us away. They're corralling us away from our, our, not just our own people, but keeping our voices away from others on the quote unquote other side, right? Who may see this information and have those kind of aha connecting moments that we've all had. We've all experienced those. We're nowhere, like none of us here in this panel are anywhere near where they were 10 years ago. Right? right? Like mentally as a person or anything, but we right. could each of each of us any day of the week could just post something as simple as a link to one of our shows. And somebody that's completely unfamiliar, uninitiated with that could be curious and just click on it. And boom, you change their life in an instant. You flip them from the enemy to a, 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 a fellow comrade in no time at all. And if you're, if you're not in the fight, because you don't want to be in a fight. Look, you can be a hero just by doing the the tag tweet drop. Mm-hmm. You you could do so much that you don't even know you did. You might make an impact that you have no clue about. Right. Uh, but you won't know unless you do it. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's too easy to be on the right side of things and the right side of information. Uh, you know, the information liberation, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Like that. So, so I'm going to yeah. put everybody on the spot here. So you have your own show, uh, Jason Barker. Chris Graves has his own show. Number six, you've got your own show, and I've got mine, and we've got the Knights of the Storm. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to make that, you know, part of the, you know, remind people to do this. Yes. What do you think, Six? Am I, is that going too far? I'm sorry, buddy. No, no, no. I'm down with that because, like, I, I would, I would set aside or at least try to with in. in Sometimes the producing, we we run over a little bit on time and other things, but I would try and work out for future broadcasts, uh, future live streams and and tapings that I do just to remind people, you know, to do that, you know, to not only, you know, follow us on social media, but what to do with that social media. It's not good enough to hand somebody a tool without explaining to them or educating them on how to properly use it. You know, so I think so, that that's something that we can do well in the DIY community. We can educate people about a bunch of things, including this. I, I want to throw something into, I, I never called into a radio station. I never chatted. I never did anything ever. And when David started covering the vaccine stuff and I sent him my exemption request letter, Okay, and that's an amazing story, folks. Please go and check out that Rockfin, uh, or uh, it's also on Rumble and a bunch of other platforms. Odyssey too, I believe. Go check out the episode of the David Knight Show where Jason was on talking about his battle um, against the vac- against the vaccine mandates, or not maybe not and so Tiger, much too. mandates. Tiger, they both yes, had great appearances. And, yes, and Tiger, you, you not only had a great appearance, but uh, love the suit and tie. Get up, brother. Uh, but yeah, ama- both both amazing interviews. But you know, Jason's was was really touching because of just like the battle that he went through, man. And I think that that's worthy of 
anyone that's in part of this audience that's you know that that joined up here at the new prisoners and became part of the crew over the course of the pandemic you know and had their lives ripped for them had had their jobs threatened had you know basically their entire careers threatened jason stood up and did something about it so that's mad mad respect to you jason for that man he helped a lot of people yeah you did yeah you did i I appreciate that but to to the point i was going to make though um I wasn't really interested in getting involved. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just felt the need that I had to do that. I already put the work out for myself and I said, it's not a big deal to share this. And once you do that one thing, it's like almost uh, infectious to where once you realize that your voice, your little puny voice actually makes a difference. Yeah. That, that's what they don't want us to know. That's why the war is on information because your voice does make a difference. If you exercise it correctly and, and, my voice made a difference. And all of a sudden I started getting more involved in, in the chat. I started doing some graphic work for David on the side. Cause I was like, Oh, this guy's actually checking my email. And I got to do all kinds of stuff that made a difference. And now I'm doing a podcast with angry tiger. I'm doing my own podcast. And uh, I mean, you, for all your listeners out there, six, just doing something simple, like tag tweet and drop could make a world of difference. And once you realize that your voice matters, it's going to like empower you to do more. And that's what they don't want us to do. That's what, that's what the, the globalists are trying to make us feel isolated. That's why the lockdowns, that's why you can't travel, you know, wear the mask so we can't see each other smile. It's all about making you feel isolated, yeah. but you don't have to feel that way. So everybody, please just do a little thing for the right side of stuff. And it's going to change your life. I promise you it will change your life. And make sure anyone that you uh, really enjoy and follow like their voice and everything, make sure that, you check their, their Twitter page every now and then to make sure that you're still getting the notifications and that you're still actually one of their friends on their list. Yeah. And Peter, my co-host for don't take our word for it, gives the whole collective group here the thumbs up. Oh, thank nice. you, Peter. Peter's awesome, man. Thanks, Peter. Definitely Peter, go check out awesome. those episodes. Yeah, the 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 Jack the Ripper stuff, man. Oh so, man, so so awesome and mind blowing. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, melting your face off again, man. Yeah, that's my brains were coming out of my ears. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, this I'm such a jerk. I'm sitting here watching the new prisoners on Rumble, and I didn't thumbs up it. Oh, um, it's all right. So you had one. So I, I thumbs up at everyone watching. Please give a thumbs up. Let's let's hike this thing up. Yeah, That's boost boost the rumbles up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also boost up the, the foxhole and the tiger's den on yep. those platforms too. It, it, yep. It feels like time, doesn't it? Six. Doesn't it feel like something's happening? I mean, that's I mean, that's a great thing to kind of transition over to some final thoughts. And I guess I'll I'll give mine first on this, but but real briefly on the. Uh, tag tweet and drop type of stuff too. When you find content like uh, like Angry Tigers or Jason Barker's or anything here related to the new prisoners, all the stuff that Chris Graves does, find those things and, and, and share them up and make sure to like them and subscribe to them on whatever platform or as many platforms as you can too. Because nothing is, you know, <laughs> Nothing is off the table whenever it comes to the level of censorship that can occur. Um, Rumble seems to be doing fine for now. But, you know, that doesn't mean that their servers and other things like that and what they're building can't ever, you know, 
fall under attack <laughs> or well, look at rocks you know, like uh shadiness too sometimes you know well yeah, i was gonna say i mean you never know what can happen and, and sometimes these things you know change hands you know they could change his own change of ownership or change a policy uh change of administration even uh things can change so who knows uh but you know don't on. Yeah, if you're following on just Rumble, uh, you can look for us on other platforms too. And I know that Jason and Angry, you guys have diversified too, and you guys are on multiple platforms. So I think that's wise. You know, if you are a fan of these types of uh, creators, like I know that David Knight planned on maybe moving from Rockfin over to Rumble, and some people weren't so happy about that. They wanted people, they wanted him to stay. Um, so like I, I get that, and I do have my preferences as well as to what platforms I enjoy the most using. But if you do follow somebody like David or anyone else, like I was saying, make sure to follow them on multiple platforms, you know, because sometimes these platforms, even when dealing with the business end of things, like you, you never know, like it could just create a rift somewhere. And then, and if you're just subscribing to them on that one platform, you could lose contact with them. You know, you could sort of just fall out of contact and then you, it's like they disappeared. Like, oh, he just stopped making content or whatever. Or, you know, I guess those guys quit. Well, no, like if you're, if you're in those different spheres, if you're subscribed to them on different platforms, you'll be able to see that, you know, if they're having trouble on a particular platform or whatever, and then, you know, share up in, on as many of those as you can too, you know, don't just share the rumble version, share the bitchy version. I, we have a close personal friend of ours that'll probably, you know, uh, watch everything on Odyssey, uh, harps, <laughs> but maybe doesn't like rumble all so much, you know? So when it comes down to it, like it, even somebody that's like a good friend, um, would prefer it on a particular platform. So it don't, don't just share, uh, one video, share all the different videos that are available on all those, all those things and tag tweet and drop them too, you know, cause somebody just might only listen to us on Spotify. They just don't want to go anywhere else. So it even goes to the, uh, social media platforms. Like my friend Peter there, he, uh, he never signed up for a Twitter account. So I, I share my my stuff and Donald's stuff with him mm -hmm. when I post it onto Facebook. You know, yeah. Some people on Facebook, some people on Twitter don't like to go on to Facebook. So vice versa, just try to get it everywhere. And you'll never know how that can hit the other algorithms too, you know, and other people with different levels of reach on those platforms and what they can accomplish before the clamp comes down. Because I do think that people sort of get away with posting stuff for a little while and then they get picked up and noticed. And after they're put on the naughty list like us, then their posts start to get suppressed. There's but, a threshold. Once you hit so many followers, um, that's when you, you get the AI really comes down. I, I think yeah. there's different AIs. There's like the harassing guy. There's the, okay, this is kind of an important guy. And then, oh my God, this guy's going viral. We got to stop it before you become a Joe Rogan and you're unstoppable. I think that there's, that's how they do it. Well, that's the thing I was just about to mention. There are enough people in our community for for the bigger gentlemen, they should be going viral and they're not. Yeah. That's the, they don't want that because once you go viral, the AI really can't, can't do much. Well, Donald yeah. hasn't been able to grow at all in uh, a lot of years. And you know what? Hidden history, his first book, his first nonfiction book outsold uh, Jesse Ventura's book, uh, Woody Allen's book, Roger Stone's book on the same label. And he's, I don't know. I don't yeah. get it. That that that's I'm glad you brought that up because his book sold so well that you would think they would rush to publish Hidden History too, but they've been sitting on it, and the question is why. Well, the third one, yeah, they didn't even want to call Hidden History uh, or the third one. I'm sorry, Crimes and Coverups was originally a prequel to uh, Hidden History, and for some reason they didn't even want to uh, use that title. 
So I don't know what that's about either. And they might I mean, want that to doesn't change. make any logical sense. If you've got a bestseller uh, and you got a sequel. It's kind of like, oh, I made, you know, I made. Uh, you want to use that title still. Right? I made the Naked Gun, right? Oh, we got the Naked Gun two and a half. Oh, well, let's call it something else. You know, we did right. really well with the last movie. So let's call it, let's call it, uh, I don't know, Police Car Chase. Yeah, if naked if naked gun can have naked gun uh, thirty three and a third yes. final insult, mm-hmm. hidden history three can be called hidden history three. But uh, we'll have to just hook him up with the right publicist. <laughs> oh, there you go. I, you That's were an offer. You were mentioned in my conversation with Donald. That's okay. an offer. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, uh, I don't think, I mean, Angry, you do an amazing job promoting. Uh, I mean, uh, Lisa and Chris both, you guys do an amazing job uh, promoting the new prisoners platform. And I have to thank you all for that. Because like, if it weren't for you guys getting our name out there, people like John Henry and I, like starting this with no contacts whatsoever, like we can't even utilize, you know, because we're staying anonymous, we really don't utilize anyone that we know even to help promote this show. So we've done it right. all through just contacting strangers, and and like the 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 kindness and acceptance that we've we've gained from strangers, man. If there's anything that's gonna lift up my faith in humanity, and we read a lot of dark stuff, we talk about this on the show a lot. But you know, when we talk about a lot of dark and challenging things and morally challenging things, uh, you know, just and, and all of us too are empathetic enough in a way where we read about like the 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 sadness and suffering and death. And things like that, man. If there's anything that brings up my sort of my vibe, my mojo, it's it's all of you guys. It's it's all it's all of you people out there in the audience. It's everyone that that participates and 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 chats with me throughout the week. You know, if, um, shout out to old school old school foil. I, I want to yeah. do just a couple of shout outs, but yeah, old school foil on Bitchute. Thank you, brother. Uh, Flemple, I don't know how to pronounce your name properly, so I apologize. But uh, whatever, however you pronounce your screen name, thank you, uh, Rescue Dog. Good. You know, yeah. uh, and and yes, Rescue Dog. Yeah, Grassroots Guillotine. Yeah, and I, I also want to uh, thank um, our friend, our new friend uh, Yafo Zeister, Greg. <laughs> he goes by many the names, Academy. but uh, yeah, and it just like for helping us out. Like he actually. Uh, uh, campaigning to get our friend Chris Graves on Union of the Unwanted. Like we appreciate that kind of stuff because like having access to shows like that that have such a greater reach too, that's another way around this sort of hurdle. And I've noticed that, you know, that my numbers have dramatically increased this past two weeks since um your appearances on Sam Tripoli's shows and Chuck O'Celli's too. And just like when when you get those opportunities, the name drops, the name recognition, that's huge for people. You know, people listening to those shows loyally each and every week, like some people do here, they're all able to, you know, hear a new name and check out a new thing. And that that's why I call this the DIY media, because it reminds me of grassroots hardcore and punk and metal music. It's just that we all have that passion. We all have that drive to do something different. We see the world in a different way. We have something new and different and exciting to provide to people, but it's all about us teaming up with one another in order to get that word out. And I, I, I think everyone here is doing a really awesome job at that. And uh, I think that this has been really productive and will probably be productive going forward. I'd love to do this again. So thank you guys oh, for being here. Real quick. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, well, I was just going to say, I just want to thank all my new friends. You know, I know I haven't gotten to meet um, most of you and 
real life, but the two gentlemen that are on the screen. Yeah. And thank you, uh, LWHO or LWHO, um, who is posting this to an RSS feed over a lightning network so we can get some. Let's just say uh, I wouldn't be able to do the digging up if it wasn't for these two guys right here. And also, the gentleman that you can't see right now, he's been helping me with distributing everything. And the. All right, get it together, man. Anyway, oh, the, uh, the, the computer that I'm on right now is uh, Tony Ardeburn. Yeah, he, uh, thank you, Tony. Gave me this, and you know Billy Ray Valentine and uh, Donald Jeffries and Chuck O'Chelly, uh, Charlie Robinson. There's a lot of people that have been helping me out, and Rhonda, or like people that you know they don't even know how they help me. And uh, you know, I just want to say thanks to everybody. You know, and that's about it. Sorry, Jason. No, no, That's you're beautiful, man. Good, and, and actually, I'm glad you brought that up because to Chris's point, and this is perfect. Um, some of us have talents that are that come easy to us. Some people are good at graphics work. Some people are good at research. That Chris, don't discount yourself as not valuable to the rest of us. You're saying, "Oh, everyone help me to put this together." Well, you help us to put our stuff together too. This is a a genuine group effort. I don't know how we all found each other. Call it a higher power, call it God, whatever. But something brought us all together at this particular time for some particular reason. But, um, yeah, we all have some kind of talent that might take someone else hours and hours and hours to do. So something like doing a podcast might be a, a crazy task that they couldn't achieve on their own. But if you got one person to say, hey, just watch this. how you do it. It's real quick, man. And they're, oh, wow, thank you for that. That's all it takes. And and you can help somebody out, or you be yeah, I'll do I'll do your graphic work for you. No big deal. It's like, it takes me five minutes. You know, I got the software and stuff. Like lend your talents. And and I want to I want to say that um, on our website six, we're on a, the last tab on our website where mm -hmm. it says get knighted, and that's where I had where people could like uh, volunteer to take over a platform because we were trying to expand and we're just be an angry tiger every day, guys. We have a day job, right? We we can't do all this, but I'm going to change that to a. I'm changing, yeah. I'm changing right here. Okay. There you go. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. going to change it to a collaboration. Uh, so right now it's get knighted. Mm -hmm. That's going to go away. All right. And it's going to be a, it's, it's an actual blog, but I'm going to reformat the blog to be a place where people can collaborate. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's just say, let's just say you're a listener that doesn't want to get involved with anything, but you have like show ideas. I'll have a place to drop articles, to drop links. And that's going to be a one-stop shop place for the podcasters to go in and look for stuff that listeners want to talk about. Love it. Yeah. And then they can say, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. I didn't know about that. And they could base a show on it and then give you credit, you know, in the show. Be like, hey, we got this from so-and-so, you know. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. It's a way to bring the listener that doesn't know or maybe they're a little shy to get involved. This is a way to get them involved. And then also for the uh, content creators, to get on and talk to each other and collaborate something like what we're doing now, rather than having to dig up each other's emails and phone numbers. And like, it's, we all communicate over different email platforms and mm -hmm. phones and chats. It could be a one-stop shop for us. So that's what I'm going to try to do with it. Uh, and you promote creators. You do an excellent job of promoting the creators here by leaving, you know, links to all their stuff as well. You know, yeah. just yeah, we like have our to... friend guard here, shout out to our friend guard. Cause uh, that's where I got that, that piece from Substack that we were talking about earlier. So. Subscribe and shout out to Lisa too because she uh 
she helped promote me and Donald and uh, everyone else that she comes across. Oh, Lisa's a terror uh, on on the Twitter. Yes, she retweets everything. Yeah, yes, you do such an awesome Lisa job of promoting it. Lisa. You really do. Hey, love you all. Yeah, Lisa, do you have any final thoughts for us as we wrap up? Hey, you know this is this is just incredible. Um, the collaboration. Uh, I always, you know, hashtag it synergy, right? Uh, it really. Uh, it's an exponential bandwidth. So what I particularly love uh, that we put our, you know, skills, brains, hearts, minds together and provide actual information uh, that can uh, help people. Uh, for instance, we had a great show, an interview that we did with Apatha Carol. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is getting great numbers, too. Everybody loves Carol. That's and she she's a, a, a been a nurse for her I brought her up to Sam Tripoli too uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Oh yeah, he talks about health and, and, stuff. and, yeah. and she she provides such information to help people how to help themselves through natural uh, means. It's uh, so just one particular example that I'm very proud of that we were able to uh, help spread that knowledge. Uh, so that's just one example. And then, you know, I just love working with you guys. So thanks. Hey, love is mutual here, Lisa. You're awesome. Um, and also uh, angry. That's uh, I pulled up your link tree for everybody to see real quick here, but um, give us some final thoughts, brother. I'm going to include that real, link tree in the, quick, this week's source list. Yeah. To Chris's point, you know, I'm very grateful that, you know, meet you guys, you know, you go through life. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty old guy and you say, well, I'm done meeting friends, right? Because it takes so long to develop them. And, but with all, everyone here, it's just, it's boom, automatic. And you know, you know, when you can trust someone, you know, if they're a friend or, and they care about you. And Chris, dude, you're, you are such a, a big deal to me and a lot of other people, but within the group here with everybody, you do a lot of stuff for people at one. And you know, my buddy June bug has a saying one hand washes the other, both hands wash the face. Mm. So that's, that's all it's, you know, and that's what friends do. And that, it, it warms my heart to see that. And uh, just uh, everybody out there, all the listeners, sixes, listen uh, the new prisoner broadcast listeners. This guy is, is a class act. This is a class act show. Support him. You guys aren't alone. There's people out there just like you. There's a community. Use your voice. You know, do something. Do something. You'll feel better. I promise you. You'll feel better no matter what it is, whether it's a Twitter or social media campaign or a podcast. And one last thing for everybody, I always like to tell people this. If you guys haven't watched the Knights of the Storm or my podcast, I'll tell you. Time is your most valuable commodity. Try not to waste it. Use it doing something you love with someone you love, improving yourself, or all three. And thank you, Six, for having us on. You got it, brother. No, it was great having you guys. I really enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, to many more of these, actually. Cheers to many more, uh, because I, I think that this was not only productive, but then also um, involving the audience. And uh, yeah, I, I, I look forward to doing another uh, edition of this quite soon. Uh, does anybody have anything to plug uh, before we wrap? Well, Jason, up? what's your final? What's your final thing, Jason? Yes, Jason, please. 
Oh, my, my final thing was about you, Chris. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like um, you, you, you're out there getting teary-eyed on us, being like, oh, you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, people help me do this and that. No, Chris is a bit of an empath. Help. I've picked that up over the past several months of knowing Chris, is that mm-hmm. you know, Chris no, can I'm tell when I'm having a bad day, and Chris has never seen my human. face. <laughs> That's how good he is. That's how good he is at being an empath, that Chris knows when I'm having a bad day, and we've never met in person. That's how good he is. Well, Chris, uh, you, you, you're a very modest guy. You know, you're you're getting teary eyed because people did a couple things for you. I mean, you were there already. You just needed like a little push. But the the impact and the the thing that you give to other people is so great, and you don't even see it, man. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to let you know that, man. The, the research you do, and, the, and I, I can't read I can't read all the articles you send me because I just I, I'm not. Boom! I don't my brain, you. Brother. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do read them, and uh, you are a vast well of knowledge. Like you know where to find stuff, and don't discount what you do for other people. You have provided as much support, and that's what we have to do. That's why I think Six did this to show that we work together as a community. Yeah. And uh, you know, sometimes two plus two does equal five with that synergistic effect, right? Ooh. And I think that that's a challenge what we're going on right now. That's like my that. final thoughts. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you get you ended on a burner there. Ooh, that's awesome. Well, does anyone want to plug stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If, if anybody has some stuff coming up that they oh, want to I, let the I audience know one. about, yeah. I, I do have one, please. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're doing, uh, Chris was on with me. Excellent show, by the way. I got so many freaking compliments on you, Chris, but you were on my um, Foxhole, the Foxhole with Jason Barker on Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, I want a live stream to my channel to then the Foxhole channel, but I've got to get 25 subscribers before I can live stream. Yes. So right now Everybody it's on the Knights of the yeah. Storm. We did a campaign for Angry. Angry hit the hump in 24 Yeah, here's hours. the problem, Jason. I tried to do that earlier, but I, it only, I could only find um, the uh, Knights of the Storm page on Rumble or the Tiger's Den. I didn't see it. Okay. Well, guess what? In this week's source list, folks, boom, that's going to be posted tonight All as right. soon as I get a sec. You're going to find the Foxhole. I'm following. You should follow okay. too. Get on it. Thanks, I appreciate that. You got it. You got it, man. Yeah, next so week in the Tiger's Den, everybody, um, you can find me on Rumble. Yep. I prefer you go to Rumble or Substack. Uh, on Substack, it's uh, Angry Tiger's mm-hmm. Newsletter. On Rumble, it's Tiger's Den. All one word, just Tiger's Den, and you'll be able to find it. Um, but yep. definitely uh, next week, this coming up week, we've got Erroneous Method coming on oh nice nice got- uh, yeah i listened to some of his stuff too awesome stuff man yeah yeah dude. He's, love he's the actually, lyrics I, dude love it love yeah, it he's working with me too he actually is helping me with some intro music that i, I, I oh. was doing and he, it's excellent dude um but we're gonna have erroneous method we're gonna have chris graves i'm gonna try to dig up another guest but i might not be able to but we're gonna be talking about how music and they use mind control and music and to shape culture and all that kind of great stuff and illuminati symbols and it's gonna be pretty cool it's gonna cover a vast uh the, the whole expansive uh subject of music so but i was telling out. him i was telling him he should go into the illuminati stuff with the rappers and things uh, yeah no yeah me too yeah so that's going to be uh eight eight from eight to nine wednesday eastern time p.m all right oh definitely looking forward to that yeah shout out shout out to uh Aaron's method there yeah and thank you for all this he's also a good supporter on twitter i've noticed oh, yeah. too yeah he always oh, retweets yes, he is. yeah he's yeah. a warrior he knows yeah. he knows what's up so, Chris, what you got going on this next week, brother? Uh, let me think. Um, 
Oh, uh, get mad with Chris Graves or Kelly.com. Yeah, you launch full time this week, don't you? Monday, Wednesday, yeah, Friday? Yeah, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, on Monday, I'm interviewing uh, Leno Sanic, who uh, basically he was a JFK researcher or still is. Um, he took care of Elf uh, Fletcher Prouty's uh, work after, you know, while he was alive and then when he died. Uh, Fletcher Prouty was Mr. X, uh, the character uh, in Oliver Stone's JFK, uh, played by Donald Sutherland. And on Wednesday, I have Stephanie Sledge, who's looked into a lot of uh, false flag stuff and, you know, PSYOP type stuff. And she was extensively into uh, the Gabby Giffords thing that people don't even remember. So that's that. Well, and um, I'm going to drag just, I'm not going to do the screen share, but I'm just going to drag uh, this on for all the people watching to see. Uh, Chris Graves also has a link tree where you can find all of his stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So definitely check that out. There's a link to it right off of his Twitter page if you follow him there. And like we were saying, if you do follow these guys on Twitter, turn on the notifications so when they drop stuff that you'll see it. So, and well, then Jason, one more time, because I'm actually on the page right now on Rumble. How do I get to the foxhole uh, to be able to sign up for the foxhole page? I just um, typed the foxhole into the search engine and it took me right there, bud. Yeah, you'll see the logo. Or you can yeah, just there's a logo. Twitter. It was like the second one over for me. I see like a, a woman with like knives and things like that. <laughs> Definitely not that one. <laughs> Definitely not that one. I'll go to my Twitter. What's the name of that oh, thing with the woman with the knives, Chris? Are you in Rumble or Rum Balls? Rumble. <laughs> yeah, because. Yeah, yeah I mean, too, too easy. <laughs> Listen, I, because I because I only got a couple followers, it's not going to want to show up. And you got to make sure you're on uh, channels, not videos. Tell you what, That's the thing about Rumble, Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna share the link into the Brave Chat. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll take care of that. But right. for everyone else, if you go to Twitter and you go at Real Jason Boomy. Parker, it's pinned at the top of my thing. Awesome. That gives you a link to go there. So. Oh so, yeah. By the way, okay. Real Jason Parker, don't forget to follow me back. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. I got you following nights, but not me. I got you, Lisa. All right. Now I'm following you. Yeah. And oh, Lisa. So yeah, Lisa. 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 Lisa's uh, transcripts. Mm -hmm. Lisa, you're in the Tiger's Den, not this week, but next week. With the It's going to be a bunch of lovely ladies of liberty. Oh, and I mean that nice. with all due respect. Nice. <laughs> hey, I get to be the robust one. Hey, there you go. There you go. I'm the blush, blush, and also Lisa joins us too on uh, TMP interviews. So we're, we're looking to hook up a bunch of new uh, interviews with some really interesting guests, folks. So it's going to be wild over the course of the next and couple of weeks. We have some great interviews we're working on putting together. So and Lisa's We the People part two, eventually we're getting that together yeah. too. Yeah. So we're going to have some oh, new I'm stuff out from Lisa soon. And then uh, don't forget if you have a legal question where you're thinking to yourself, man, that's a Lisa question. Send it to us in the comments, and I'll pass them all along to Lisa. We might get a like a uh, an email chain or something like that set up, or an email that we can put out where we can send all those requests. Uh, so we're working on that. But yeah, anything in any of the comment sections of our platforms out there at the New Prisoners, if you got a Lisa question, let's hear it. Lisa's ready to answer them. So, all right. So, but uh, we'll wrap things up there so everybody can get some sleep. It's getting late. Appreciate you all being here on uh, Rumble and Odyssey. You guys are awesome. And um, until we meet again, and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. Thank you for listening to the new prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topics on our Minds page and Substack. Or leave a comment 
under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brideon. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or speak freely with us on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us, and remember to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it can make. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email thenewprisonernumber6 at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. And you can also donate to The New Prisoners through anchor.fm slash thenewprisonernumber6 slash support. There, you can make a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99. We also have a subscribe star where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the hyphen new hyphen prisoners. Or you could donate US dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners.